everyone. Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Dogbot. What's up, man? Howdy, y'all. Reinhardt von Krieger, hello. Just hanging out in the banana grove. <laughs> All the way from the land of the rising sun. Konnichiwa, Alt Skull. Konnichiwa. Hey, guys. Uh, good to be back. Yes. Good to have you back on, bro. And down in the dungeon, taking notes. Grognag. What up? on guys still battling some ghosts sorry if i glitch out <laughs> it happens it happens you're you know you're down there and all those stone block dungeons um, you're, i was trying to I was rehab a star fort you're you're, reha- you're still rehabbing the star fort you didn't you didn't do like the uh what was that show where they would like move that truck and they're like have, remember that and they would fix the house in like a week oh extreme home makeover yes extreme home makeover paranormies not- edition Extreme Star yes. Fort Makeover, yes. Paranormies Edition. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you have to bring in a an exorcist. You got to bring in a couple of contractors. You definitely have to bring in Johnny because you know electrician. Right. Um, bring your bootstraps. Oh, absolutely! Bring all the bootstraps you have. All yeah, all the bootstraps, all the truckers, and uh, and forklifts. And a, and, I've a, been. and a and a crypto communist. Bugnat for comic relief. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he gets fired halfway through. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but we let him back on the site because we feel bad for him and he's hungry. Well, we let him back on for the reveal. Right. He moves the truck. There you go. All right. He does. He does his worker. Um, his worker shtick. Yeah. And then he tells you how white people were responsible for all of it. Oh man. And you're like, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> it was great. Oh wait, yeah. The two the two weeks that he's fired and he's he's not in every episode. Like we do a uh, grocery store trip and he's bagging the groceries. And we we feel bad and we're like, ah, oh, come come on back, man. Well, he's you know that I guess he would be seizing some sort of means of production there. <laughs> well, he's out there. Right. He's out there smoking a cigarette next to the slightly touched bagger. <laughs> oh man, dude. I don't know what it is, but um, where I live, they've started with the uh, hiring of the um, – there's a, there's a chain called Food City, and they they have the handicapped baggers now. And it's not just one. It's like four per store per shift. I was going to say now? Yeah. Dude, that's been a thing all throughout at least the South for Well, yeah, they got to do something. In the West, them. dude, they they will not – no, they will not do it. But the south, well, that's the thing is, there's a lot more of them in the south. They, they you know, they got to do something with them. You know, they, I guess they can't all be on state disability. Yeah, and the, in the west, they just abort them. Right, in all the leftist states, yeah, three hundred thousand a year. Anyway, <sighs> um, this is going to be a fun show. This isn't going to be one of those angry shows. Uh, we see we got housekeeping. Um, everybody make sure to check out our new website, paranormies.com. It's the same old, same old address, brand new website, all kinds of cool stuff there. Go check it out. Uh, link to our RSS where you can, you know, get our show automatically updated to your little black scrying screen in your pocket via whatever RSS app, uh, you like podcast app you like to use. Put that devil mirror to good use. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, we're over uh, 50,000 downloads right now. 
on that RSS. That's not pretty bad. sweet. Yes. Yes. That's, those of that's you, pretty awesome. Yes. Those of you that, that have listened through Telegram and now you have to do the, the pain in the ass of the RSS, man, the RSS was always the easy way. I don't know. People, right. It always, it always takes like five minutes. People still ask about, are you going to down, are you going to put it up on, on Telegram? Remember when we first started putting it up on Telegram, people were mad. Right, but I think people got used to the uh, Telegram feature. Yeah, but then again, then you you can't please anybody ever. Let's right. Not, let's not forget that. Well, we we had a lot of we had a lot of folks while we were putting the shows on Telegram. We had a lot of folks too who were downloading straight from the website. And I know we've said this before, but again, for those who are used to downloading straight from there, um, we cannot do that anymore. It just takes up too much space, and we would have to have a very blank white uh, website, yes. like a fourth grade science project website, to be able mm-hmm. to upload all those episodes for you to see. Um, so with more content and better stuff comes the necessity for the RSS. Uh, um, and older seasons will always be archived, too, so you can listen to them as well. Right, but you should be able to just download it through the RSS. Right. With the RSS, you have the option to download every episode to your black scrying screen. There are RSS options for your PC, your Mac, um, so you can download them straight to your computer. And look, all of you extremely online guys, you know a way to get MP3s off of an RSS. It takes a little extra time, a couple extra steps, but you know how to do it. So if you're going to do it, do it that way. There you go. Do it. Let's just do it. Do it. All right. <laughs> Did you? I thought you turned into a bat or something. What? I, it sounded like it's, I heard a I weird said, like microphone noise. I said, "Do it." No. Ah. Oh. Yeah. The Ben Stiller from whatever I forgot what it was. Where he was dressed like a like a Cuban. Starsky and Hutch. Was that Starsky and Hutch? Where he's the Cuban guy? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Go on, do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> do it. All right. Well, that's it for the housekeeping. Um, dissident apparel for t-shirts. Um, other than that, dude, you guys want to get going? This is going to be fun. We got, uh, yes. we got content to do. We got a lot of content to do. So let's, uh, we're going to jump right into it with this. That signal means to stop whatever you are doing and get to the nearest safe place fast. Always remember, the flash of an atomic bomb can come at any time, no matter where you may be. You might be out playing at home when the warning comes. Then be sure to get into the house fast, for your parents have fixed a safe place for you to go. If you are not close to home when you hear the warning, go to the nearest safe cover. Know where you are to go, or ask an older person to help you. You know the places marked with the S sign? There are safe places to go when you hear the alarm. If there is a warning, you will hear it before the bomb explodes. But sometimes, and this is very, very important, sometimes the bomb might explode without any warning. Then the first thing we would know about it would be the flash. And that means duck and cover fast, wherever you are. There's no time to look around or wait. Be like Bert. When there is a flash, duck and cover and do it fast. 
Well, there you go. Duck and cover and do it fast. Um, talking about atomic weapons there, guys. Talking about nuclear bombs. Nukes. We're going to talk about nukes. I heard, I heard duck and cover also works for volcanoes. Uh, it works for volcanoes. It works for air raids. It works for nukes. Um, what else does it work for? I don't remember what I mean, else. Does it work? Does it work for giant invasions? I don't believe so. I've seen Attack on Titan, and the duck and cover didn't work for anybody. No, they just grab you right out of the window and eat you. Yeah, it sucks. Head first. It's a, it's a terrifying anime. It really is. Yeah, it's so good I'm, though. Two, yeah, two things. Whoever wrote that was definitely in the know on certain things, and. Oh my god, that's far more terrifying than the threat of a freaking nuclear bomb. Yes, it is actually. The, the thought of getting eaten by a giant uh, keeps me up at night a lot more often than the threat of nukes. Um, mostly because I know that nukes didn't reel. And we're, we're, we've been talking about this and talking about this and talking about this for, it seemed like, years. And finally, we're going to do nukes don't reel. Finally. Finally. I mean, they haven't been real this whole time. Right. But, I mean, right. They've never yeah. been real. But we are going to finally talk about how nukes don't real. Oh, and all the nukes aren't real. So even if you have, like, a nuke in your family, if you married a nuke, that nuke isn't real. No, no, also, no I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the guys that were nukes. Are you talking about, like, military nukes? No, I'm talking about how, you know, we'll get a comment that's like, well, is my wife a nuke? Well, oh, wife's a nuke. You know, oh. it's not, your 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 nuke wife isn't real, right? Or your nuke wife isn't real. But my nuke, but my nuke friends are real. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, we have a, but we that have, does it, a nuke friend. Yeah, but those those aren't mutually exclusive with nuclear weapons, as we'll find out. If that singer from that one band that you thought you knew when you were younger, you know, that one's probably a nuke. You're you're confusing me now. I just got the joke. Duke, Duke Nukem is, is still real, though. No, I get... Hang on, Reinhardt. That was, that, yes, absolutely. He's still out of chewing gum. Uh, but no, uh, Skull, he's doing a bit. I, I got it. I know. It took me a second, too, but that's all right. Did we Did we have to address it? We could keep going. No, we, no it's... it's <laughs> we see, all knew. You know, I know, but I, then he'll I, stop. I didn't know. Then he'll stop. See? See that? Will he, though? No. I don't know. We, he this can is hear an audio us, show, guys. so we're not going to be able to draw lines on nukes to tell if right. It's real we can't or not. draw lines. That's absolutely. We can't draw lines on but you nukes. Don't, you don't we need can't. Lines we can't. For look, we can't get breaking the Q news. angle. Breaking. Breaking news. What? Tom Brady is a nuke. Oh boy. Shit. Now everybody's going to be pissed. That's the one. That's the one that people get so mad about. So mad. That's because of the seven rings, bro. He's a total Aryan victory. What are you talking about? It has nothing to do with his tranny wife performing witchcraft before he goes out there. Right. Or Seven rings. I, was, I thought it was, I I thought was, it was with the you ten Rockluan rings and Iron Man. Hold on. I was with you guys when you said Hiroshima and Nagasaki nukes weren't real. But Tom Brady is just a step too far. <laughs> That's a nuke too far. That's a nuke too far. I thought Taylor Swift was a mushroom cloud too far. Mm. Mm. Ew. Nobody wants to see Taylor Swift's mushroom cloud. All right. (laughs) And there you have it. All right. We got that out of the way. Um, So, yeah, nukes nukes don't reel. So, 
Oh boy, I don't know how to. I don't even know how to how to get into this. Uh, there's there's. I mean, there's so many things. I don't want this to be a, a a jump around the world type deal, but we can because there's just so much to cover here. Um, we, we do we want to ever? I mean, like as far as nuclear power goes, we we know it's just like the world's fanciest way to boil water. It's also the safest. Yes, that's literally it. But what about Chernobyl? I mean, it makes it it makes very quiet submarines. Yes, they make very quiet submarines Put it that way, and very clean power. So there's that. Now, yeah, well, they they should be very quiet until you learn what it, what kind of apostrophe they make on on acoustic sensors. Right, there's like three people got that one, Reinhardt. One of them being me. <laughs> um, but and the other guy, the guy who, who who helped us with this episode. Right, right. The three of us are all high fiving. Um, so, no, when we say nukes are fake, people people are all oh, nuclear power, oh, nuclear power. No, we ne- we've never said that nuclear power don't real. What we w- we will say is that the uh, toxic waste of nuclear waste of you know the um, high value waste or whatever they call it. Uh, it's not the green goo that we're used to seeing on like the Simpsons and all these other, you know, toxic Avenger and all these other weird movies. So the Jewish media ops, you know, uh, it's literally probably the safest form of energy. Not probably. It is. When God, Godzilla didn't reel. Oh, come on. All right. And I'm just saying because, because of the nuclear explosions. No, Godzilla did not reel. Right. Because nuclear explosions don't reel. Right. Right. Nuclear weapons themselves mm-hmm. are nuclear not real. Meltdowns also are not what we're told they nu- are. Nuclear what? That's why. Nu- nuclear meltdowns. These oh. uh, nuclear power plant meltdowns that are the, these uh, the subject of much media frenzy, such as Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, the Fukushima incident. All of these places. Interestingly enough. Um, I mean, God, this is such a broad topic, isn't it? But you can go to these places today. They'll even register with a Geiger counter. So you can bring one of those Geiger counters with the clicky sounds, and uh-huh. the clicky sounds will happen. But that doesn't mean that you're getting sick, that there are any birth defects, that there are any genetic mutations, that there is any decimation from the death that is supposed to be caused by the nuclear radiation and the nuclear fallout. All of these places, in fact are quite healthy and thriving. And uh, Chernobyl is, you can look this up on Google. If you'll look up Chernobyl and nature, there are multiple articles on Google about how Chernobyl is one of the most well-preserved and healthy nature reserves in the entire world because they cleared everybody out of the area. And, uh, well, there's just no genetic issues that come with these nuclear meltdowns. Well, I have some questions then. So Geiger counters pick up gamma rays correct yes okay so if geiger counters pick up gamma rays and gamma rays uh cannot mutate you then i will never get powers like the fantastic four or the incredible hulk right unfortunately from gamma rays right unfortunately you will not no you'll have to be bitten by a uh, and actually or like spider-man because the spider will not be radioactive Okay. Are you telling me that the three-headed fish that I saw on a Discovery Channel documentary like 10 years ago is not real? That's that the they Simpsons. pulled out of a oh, river? Hold on. 
10 years ago? What uh, 10 years in relation to the mermaid mockumentary? That might was that before or after? Hmm. Before. So which came first? That might have been okay. The, the, so the okay, fish. I'm thinking 2007. So 15 years ago. Okay, yeah, the, the two the three headed fish came first. Might have been a test balloon to see if they could float the uh, mermaid episode. Oh man, test balloon. I'm float. thinking so. And then and then you have the Chernobyl Diaries horror film quote mm. horror film that found footage shaky cam movie. Come on, came guys, out with, elephants, uh, the elephant's foot. That that Backstreet Boys brother. Oh boy, the Backstreet Boys brother. Which one I don't know. One of the Backstreet Boys and and his brother Anthony was Mark Fatone, Wahlberg. Joey Fatone, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg's brother. What? No, none none of those answers are correct. Oh. I know Not Joey Fatone was one of the Justin Backstreet Timberlake. Boys. No. Who who else is left? I don't know. Somebody like Jesse McCartney. Je- somebody related to Nick Cannon. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. None of those guys. None of those guys were in. But see, see, those guys. None of those guys were in. Never mind. Okay. Scraping the bottom of the toxic waste barrel. Literally. Um. So. But there's no toxic waste there. There isn't. There's just nature preserves. There's just uh, as far as like you know, and these are these are the places that had the meltdowns, right? Um. What is the theory behind behind that? That these are just uh, massive government land grabs. Right, and they're they're doing they're pushing people out of there so they can do what they want. Well, so in in Chernobyl and the surrounding area, the town there is called Pripyat. Mm-hmm. The surrounding area, the Ukrainian military actually does have circular checkpoints around the entire area, and you have to pass through detectors of all sorts. You have to take um, eat certain food. You have to take certain medicine. And have to pass through, uh, I think, I believe three military checkpoints, uh, each more uh, more strict than the, the the last, to get into the center of the city. And, and yeah, when you go in the center of the city, I remember seeing documentaries of guys who would go and investigate. Some would investigate, you know, ghosts and demons in this nuclear wasteland. Some would just go and try to interview people. Uh, whatever the case was, they always had difficulty getting in. So whatever's going on in there, I, I think that certainly there's nothing nuclear, nothing radiation specific happening. But I, I think it is a land grab. I think there's probably something going on underneath. Right. The underground stuff is what's going on. I mean, you, mm-hmm. have, you have the boring company and all these other large digging companies that do this kind of stuff that always seem to be around this sort of thing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, so what about this? What about the stories of European countries who were picking up, um, traces of radioactive dust in the air mm. from Chernobyl when it was probably BS. Down? I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't buy it, but here's the thing though. You can pick up, uh, radioactivity, but that radioactivity doesn't mean that it's necessarily harmful to your body. Well, there's that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if the Geiger counter is going off, there are obviously gamma rays. If that's what it is detecting, if that's true, then uh, and if you're not being injured, then obviously those gamma rays are not as injurious as you know. They're they're not as deleterious as advertised. Yeah. Well, the people of Chernobyl, the Chernobyl was largely cleared out in um, what was it 1982 or whenever the 
event happened. And there does seem to have been some sort of explosion. And we have a friend who is a quite high-level uh, employee of a nuclear reactor. And he explained how the whole situation works and how the explosion would have I believe he, he said the explosion stripped the hydrogen off of the water molecules and released hydrogen. And there was a lot of things that actually happened. But like you said, and we can get in the, into this as the show progresses, but it's not as deleterious to your health as is advertised. But there are a group of people there who were just like, you know what, we're old and fuck you. We're not leaving. And the government didn't even clear them out. They were just like, OK, well, well all right. And obviously there was a lot of fear porn that was aimed at getting them to leave. And these people, I don't know, they may not have even had a TV, which might have worked to their benefit. But they just stayed. And they're there to this day. And they've been living there. They get deliveries delivered in and out of there. But for the most part, uh, they are farmers and old people who, who live like off of what is available in that area. And they're all fine. They're not just dying and they don't, they're not growing extra limbs or anything like that. They even forage mushrooms out of the ground. And they, I even uh, watched one short documentary on them. And they were like, you don't get mushrooms from over there because that's covered in radiation. But on this side of the street, it's okay to get the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> like, Guys, 15 feet away. So that's wildly different from the HBO dramatic miniseries Chernobyl. That's a, you know, it's a wildly different account in that. Which is a fantastic miniseries. I recommend everybody watch it. It's very, very good stuff. But uh, it shows the firefighters who were the first responders to the scene. Uh, they all died a miserable death, you know, shambling and falling apart in Soviet hospitals. Where have I heard that story before? Yeah, that's mm. very, very familiar story. It's coming out of you. Tell me, it's coming out of HBO. It's coming out of Hollywood. No way. Yeah, there's also a really terrible section of the show where they're hunting down stray dogs. I didn't oh, like man. that part at all. Yeah. You can imagine that. I so did the ATF was involved. Uh, yes, the FBI, the ATF, your local police department, wherever. Well, yeah, kick your so door and shoot your dog. Of, so part of what happened there was there was an there was a meltdown. So I guess I guess we are getting into Chernobyl. I mean there there was a meltdown there with the reactor. But like you said, Skull, it was actually the chemicals that were involved in containing the uranium that were uh, that were eroded or corroded, um, and the chemicals that were left out into the air were those that were poisonous. That was what was dangerous, and the explosion was then uh, was then amplified by the hydrogen that was in the air. That was part of what was keeping the uranium in. So the uranium really had nothing to do with it. At all. And lest someone believe that, or obviously there's going to be a lot of people pushing back at this point saying, well, yeah, but uranium is really dangerous. We've been told this whole time that it's really dangerous. I don't know if we want to get right into Galen Windsor, but I mean, there's a guy who worked on the Manhattan Project who's one of the top nuclear scientists in the world who sort of did a tour, did a United States tour after in the eighties and he was hounded by, now I don't know how real this guy was, but a lot of the stuff he was saying is absolutely um, verifiable and legitimate. And uh, he was hounded by federal regulators and things after this, but he used to do a tour where he would take uranium and he would pull it out and put a Geiger counter up to it. The thing would go off the charts and he'd rub it all over his hands and he would eat it. And he spent years 
doing this, eating raw uranium. And he would even hold the Geiger counter up to his stomach to prove that he'd eaten it. And then the thing was going off there. And he was fine. He lived into his 80s. He died of Parkinson's disease, which is a genetic disease and has absolutely nothing to do with nuclear radiation. So, um, no, uranium is nowhere near as dangerous as we're told. And what it basically does is it puts off heat, much like the radium episode that we did. Mm. And uh, radium was uh, apparently responsible for murdering Mary Curie at uh, the ripe old age of 62 or whatever it was. Oh, Mary? No. And, uh, Sorry, did you, did you misspeak? Mercury? Mer- Mercury? Mercury? Mary Curie? No, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Radium didn't didn't kill Mary Curie. Right. <laughs> no, mer- radium No, radium killed the radium girls, remember? They all died in their 90s of radium yeah. poisoning, it, like 96, 95. Ninety-seven. But the implication, of course, that right. we always get in our school textbooks. Oh, yeah. Is Radium's bad, yeah. All this stuff, this no, radiation no. is bad for you. Radiation is bad for you. All this radiation is bad. Now, now don't get me wrong. Like Radiation from like radar arrays is terrible for you. I know I know radar techs from the military that are sterile, you know, from working on radar. They're, are you sure it wasn't from taking the vax? This is well before the vax. Are you, are you sure was it before the anthrax? Well, dude, well, it was Vaccine. before the anthrax. You know, like we would, they were like, dude, check this out. Like, and they would throw a like a digital watch up in front of the radar array, and it would come back down, like blank. It would like it would like kill the battery. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would or they would hold like a jiffy pop thing in front of the array. Yeah, and pop popcorn. And say, oh, that's so funny. And then they can't have kids. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. Or they, if they if they do, their kid is just you know. Deformed. Well, they come out looking like the dude from the Goonies. Uh, the right. motorcycle cops used to get testicular cancer from the guns that they used to speed when with the speed traps. You know, the oh, the radar guns. guns. Yeah. yeah. Good. I wasn't very <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of sympathy <laughs> for them at all. I have no sympathy say, for yeah. anything bad that happens. Any of those constables on patrol. Darn. Yeah, darn. Exactly. Oh, that's. I mean, but. Uh, but in these in these situations, though, and and we may actually be getting into another topic here, but in many of these radiation death sit, uh, situations, they recorded any deaths out of these major uh, mm-hmm. supposed nuclear situations as nuclear radiation deaths. It didn't matter what it was from, kind of like COVID, right? Yes. That happens a lot. That happened. That I'm sure that happened at Fukushima, but it happened at Chernobyl, and it happened. It definitely happened um, with the two biggest nuclear events, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, those those numbers, man. There's a lot. Do you want to do that? I mean, we got Japanese nine eleven. Japanese Japanese nine eleven. Well, well, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot. <laughs> The whole uh, can, uh, the whole I country. If I can find it real quick, the whole country except like Kyoto was like burned to the ground, you know. So yeah. what? So some of the most real quick before we get out of a certain sure. place and into another one. Sure. One of the you and I, Johnny and and Skull, we're part of the micro generation Gen X, mm-hmm. and some of the most traumatic events of the '80s included the Challenger explosion. Uh, Ronald Reagan almost being assassinated. We we might have been a little too young to really care about that one so much, but Chernobyl melting down was freaking huge. You know that had everybody scared shitless. 
You know, I, I mean, it was I, that, and here in America, to a lesser extent, we also had Three Mile Island, which was a near meltdown, but not like a Chernobyl meltdown. Yeah, I don't remember being as afraid of the Chernobyl thing as much as I was that we were going to get nuked. Like, I remember more of that propaganda. I mean, dude, you were getting it. I mean, this is full. What do you call it? What did dude call it? Full spectrum propaganda. You get it every which way. I mean, there's street signs, you know, the shelter signs. There's the the fallout signs. There's the air raid every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, they did a... Right? Yeah, we or did what, or, we did drills right, all the time. Right, drills at um, school. You drills at school, and then you get your propaganda in the movies in in the eighties. Man, it was uh, you had um, what was the Matthew Broderick movie? Shall we play a game? War games. War games, war games. War games was a huge one. Yeah, because war ga- war games was uh, if you're too smart, if you're too smart for your own good. And you're good with these computer things, which were which were not in everybody's house at the time, by no, the way. No, barely like, anybody it, had computers. People may find that home. hard to believe, but like now that you everybody has a computer in your in your freaking hand, right? But at the time, only like one out of every ten kids in your neighborhood had a computer in in their dad's office, you know that that they may get to play games on. It wasn't even like. It was even more rare that a kid would have his own computer in his own bedroom. In the 80s, it was, dude, in the 80s, those were like, his computer was supposed to be like handmade. Like he put it together himself with like tape drives and stuff. Right. And you he know? was able to it do. It cost like five grand. Right. And, and he was able to had... do stuff like pop open phone, phone, rece- you know, uh, pay phone receivers oh, and, and do that and trick. mess around with them and like be yeah. able to get a signal out of it and. And he like so like the 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 whole theme of war games was if you're too smart for your own good and you're really good with these computer things, you might accidentally set off a nuclear war. You stupid smart ass. Right. Don't, so don't be too smart. Don't be too smart. Don't be you, too smart. Yeah. Because if Just you're too smart, smart you enough. won't get the girl. You'll get the girl if you if you don't do the war game thing. Oh, and if you suck at tic tac toe, you really fucked us all. Right. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> right. that's true. See, I see. I got all the the post Cold War, post nuclear mm. uh, propaganda. You know, I was I was in the the age of school where Saddam Hussein had WNDs, and oh, it was wow, the Middle yeah. East, not Russia. Yeah. Well, see, now you just said um, something. You said the Cold War, Reinhardt, and now let's not forget. Now the Cold War was huge, and nukes were absolutely at the um, at the center of the Cold War, but nukes were also and I use quotes when I say the word nukes. Anytime I say the word nukes, assume I'm making air quotes. Uh, nukes are what got us into the Cold War in the first place. Right? And right. It's, all, that was, it's all part of the entire psychological operation where you have right. the meltdowns that are supposed to tell you that if you mess with nuclear radiation and you get anywhere near any of these toxic waste sites where they're storing this stuff, then you're going to turn into the toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. And you better stay the fuck out of this area, but also well, the entire world could be blown up with the push of a big red button. And the Cuban missile crisis proved that to everyone that America and the USSR were just minutes away 
Uh, by the way, the what was it? The doomsday clock was two minutes from midnight, and the entire world was going to be exploded because of mutually assured destruction. And like you said, like there's drills, and they're telling school children, "Oh, if you see the flash, get inside yeah. to your safe place." Except that sometimes you might not hear the air raid siren, and you'll just die. <laughs> it's just like constant mental trauma, constant fear, constant ideas reinforced that there's this group that can at any time destroy the world and there's not a goddamn thing that you can do about it. Well, and even before all of that, too, they retroactively created the propaganda for the Second World War with the whole story that the evil Nazis were trying to build the same bomb, right? but we did it before them. Right, because Albert Einstein reached out to, to FDR and was like, oh, God, you have to make this thing... They're making the thing, too, but you have to make it first. Oh, man. Some of the best post-war uh, military channel propaganda is the secret uh, the the secret covert ops raid on the Nazi uh, nuclear testing facility mm. where, 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 like, some guys went in, like, guns to Navarone style. <laughs> <laughs> It, it stopped the whole Nazi it's, nuclear program. It's literally all a Call of Duty level. It was well, no. What, what that is. was, what that was, is is that was um, zero dark thirty, but black and white. Like when they went into zero Google. dark thirty for the silent generation. For the silent, that's right. That was the silent generations through zero dark thirty. Oh, and if also Hitler had finished with his stealth bomber. Mm. Then he would have had the nukes and the stealth bomber, and New York would have gone up in flames. I always thought it was weird we, how like they had the ultimate stealth bomber in like the Zeppelin technology, right? I mean, like there's nothing more stealthy than something that makes literally zero noise, right? And, and it was never I, used. I mean, that one documentary about how I think it was Northrop Grumman or Boeing, uh, some guy there decided to remake based on the uh, schematics the Nazi stealth bomber and it was it was a pretty cool documentary well that's cool but that sounds like something did he, did he find out that it was actually a uh, a flying saucer yeah it was, it was actually a UFO you just yeah, right that's exactly I was gonna say they had a flying saucer technology atomic bomb technology stealth bomber technology and they were gonna build a time machine mm-hmm. like good thing we stopped those nazis right zero point thing, energy they had zero point energy that all that stuff all of germany and central europe with nuclear radiation though good thing we just you know did it to japan and good thing yeah. it was only in the southern part of the island yeah right I mean, because otherwise otherwise all the firebombing that we've been doing would have you know would have gotten in the way good thing the soviets got the atomic bomb instead of the nazis it's yeah, true. and I mean, well, apparently, Dres- not just the Soviets. Was a, a normal casualty. What was a normal casualty? Dresden. Oh yeah, we're talking about firebombing. Dresden. Yeah, Dresden is just normal. That's just your normal everyday average, you know, uh, war maneuvers. What that is? Just two hundred and fifty million tons, or yeah. two hundred fifty thousand tons of bombs. Excuse me, on one city that caused. Fire tornadoes and literal to melt. Yeah, literal, literal I mean, fire uh, tornadoes. So that was one thing that, as a kid, I was I was learning about the Second World War. I heard about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We were taught about that. Uh, we were never taught about Dresden. But I went and looked at at it through research for a paper. I was in like ninth grade, and I looked at the firebombing of Dresden, and I read what actually happened. 
And I compared it to just what, what accounts that we have out of a very slim number of accounts that we have out of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Very slim. And um, the torture there, I think I would rather just be vaporized in an instant than experience what happened in Dresden. Well, the, the, the thing hours. is, is th- there was no vaporize in an instant either. No. Right. No. There was none of that. None of that happened. I mean, we can get into the uh, the bombing runs because the United States had been bombing, firebombing Japanese cities for months. You know, I mean, there were there were what was known as routine bombing runs. I mean, how often do you bomb a place before the run gets considered routine? You know, um, well, and and a big thing with those those runs too, those bombing runs and firebombing is like. I think it was Johnny, either you or Skull mentioned it just a second ago, but metal, asphalt, concrete, everything was melting, literally mm-hmm. melted everything together. People were melted into the streets. That didn't happen that's in an actual, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's an actual Holocaust. Like That's an actual Holocaust. That's an actual death by fire tornado. You know, that's actually what that is. Yeah. Um, I think that that's how. Because we are so inundated with stories about the nuclear bomb, and as Reinhardt just mentioned, it's like, oh, I didn't learn about Dresden in school for some reason. I wonder why. But I learned all about Hiroshima and Nagasaki and how you could just be wiped out in one instant like that. You don't realize that they had a special technique with these bombing runs where they could actually create the conditions that would cause the wind basically to sort of sweep towards the center of where they're bombing and then – that would cause a further conflagration that would cause these insane temperatures that are higher than normal, way, 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 way higher than normal, that would cause like literal metal to melt and fire tornadoes, and they would cause like volcanic conditions in the middle of the city. And interestingly enough, at the end, once these cities were completely destroyed, the result didn't look any different, in fact, was identical to the pictures that we see of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. In fact, Google has trouble distinguishing the I difference just between say that. Tokyo or Dresden or Nagasaki or Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And there are Damn, also I'm, there are also I'm three glad. other there are also three other Japanese cities that Google gets confused as well. Um, I I don't have their names off the top of my head, but like they they also were firebombed all around the same time. And <laughs> they're, they're the only the only buildings that are standing are ones that are made of solid concrete. Right, things that wouldn't burn. Photograph. Things it, that it, wouldn't they're, burn they're, at super high temperatures. Right, the concrete buildings. Uh, every every city in Japan, like I said, every major city in Japan except for Kyoto, was firebombed. And firebombed. I'm talking like these things were uh, a gallon of gasoline in a little a little container with a with a, with a piece. Explosive. A piece. Yes, and they were dropping a million of them at a time. I watched. You guys watched that one short video where they talked about the different cities that were bombed. Yes, yes. Yeah. That yes. that guy. He talks about like there was, um, there was two hundred and forty nine bombers. You know, uh, that went out to bomb. That went out to bomb Tokyo. Two hundred two hundred and fifty planes bombed Tokyo for however long. I mean, these, this was happening with hundreds and hundreds of planes all the time. Like I said, so often that the runs were called routine. Um, so now you have, you know, and and Nagasaki is on record as having been bombed three times before the quote atom bomb went off. 
so in in that short video, what made it f- fairly compelling is that he cross referenced a encyclopedia set, basically that the Army Air Corps, which is what the Air Force was called at the time, had put out in the early fifties, and he had he had he had basically laid out where all the bombing missions were and on what days. Right. And some of the some of the cities that were supposedly bombed twice, in in other accounts, uh, in other books, had already been wiped out by the time that they had gone to the second place to the place the second time. It just so happens that Nagasaki and Hiroshima were on the way to some of these cities that had been bombed a second time for no reason because they were already burnt to a crisp. Right, so it would have been so was, very easy for those cities, those that had been quote bombed a second time, to actually have been Hiroshima and Nagasaki being bombed, firebombed the same and way. No, and none of these young men that were doing the bombing uh, knew really could tell. I mean, they knew where they were going. Right. When they talk generally. about the compartmentalization, but you're just dropping bombs. Right. But they're well, flying across a whole ocean from Guam, so they're. You know, like like by the well, time they get to guys, the, the city that's not fully firebombed yet, they're going to firebomb the city and they're not going to. And also they're going to get told by their superiors, you bombed this city. OK, but yeah. I don't think I bombed that city. They don't, don't have any idea. Dog about, they don't have a single clue. The only person probably in that entire squadron of bombers that has any idea what's going on is the guy in the lead plane who's flying, you know, in the front exactly and everybody's following exactly. him and as far like i said the compartmentalization of that part of the military is ridiculous like the guys in the bombers the bombardiers the guys actually dropping the bombs even the navigators to the pilots they have no idea they're following orders completely uh muscle memory for just about everything and they have no idea where they are they couldn't tell you if they were in kyoto or tokyo or hiroshima or ibu what was the other one the ibu something that was the one that Imabadi. Imabadi. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Imabadi. So something I thought of uh, today, uh, learning about some of this, you know, you have to have not some people that go along with it. Obviously, have to be duped into going along with it without knowing it. But you must have a ton of people who knew they were faking this and that they were quite happy doing it. Right? Like, how many military officials were just happy with pretending they had the bomb so that all the other countries would think that you know what i mean it's like yeah but also the moon landing. well like, good let other countries at think the same time like with uh getting people to go along with it duping them seemed to be fairly easy because like let's say with like the testing right you would have two crews one crew is setting up quote the bomb the other crew is setting up the tnt well the other crew thinks that the other crew is setting up the bomb, and they're setting up the TNT. You know what I mean? So it'd be very easy to dupe both sides of an experiment like that to where everybody thinks that everything is what they're being told, and only the people at the top have to know. I'm telling you, our military's right. compartmentalization is the best. It's it's second to none. Of anything, I mean, if they get just, anything right, it's the compartmentalization of this kind of crap. Yeah, I even today the compartmentalization is insane and you you can be on a submarine with guys you know i've i've spoken to to dudes who were on a submarine uh that carried navy seals as part of their job right they're on a submarine that hardly anyone even in the u.s military knows about and 
yet they were on the submarine and half the submarine i'm not kidding half of this entire boat was meant for navy seals and nobody could go in unless they were checked and half these guys they didn't care nobody cared what was going on in there they didn't know they didn't care they just knew all right fine nothing i mean they could have been don't go in there yeah, yeah. And, and guys who are working in boats and in submarines, they're working on a nuclear reactor, they're working on aircraft, whatever it is. They're flying aircraft, and they have to know where they're going fine. But even then, they do not know anything outside of their department, outside of their uh, their workspace. Well, I, don't, I think even, don't. even pilots, Here's like, another again, that it's a squad leader. Gonna... Work, oh, works, sorry, and it worked actually on the... I believe I believe it was Hiroshima. It might have been Nagasaki that he was at, but the, there was a doctor who was in charge of not only taking care of the people after the atomic bombings, but also of recording and chronicling uh, the deaths. And uh, I believe, jeez, oh, I, I lost his name. I'll, I'll find his name in a minute, but um, Sam's, something Sam's. And um, I'll, I'll just read the quote. That because uh, tell me, stop me if you've heard this before now. So this is him talking. He said, "I mentioned deterrence against war." Oh, what I was going to say is he believed that the actual atomic bomb existed, but he was actually also complicit in pumping the numbers up so that it would look much worse than it actually was. So his name was Crawford Sam's. Crawford yeah, Sam's. Thank you. He was counting people that were run over by trucks. Hold on, I'm going to read it. Let him read. So uh, he says, "I mentioned deterrence against the war." There was a letter brought over by this first group that came up to Japan from the Philippines with me from the Manhattan Project in which the president was looking for a new deterrent against a future war because air power had failed. So he's saying air power, air power had failed. So, you know, if you have another war, air power will destroy civilization. And it failed because it hadn't even brought Germany to its knees. A strategic bomb survey over there showed that the military production had actually uh, had increased actually during our bombings. So here's the point. So the object of this instruction, called letter of instruction, this is a letter he received uh, in post-atomic bomb uh, recovery, was, quote, you will play up the devastating effect of the atomic bomb. All right. So I was the one who set the deadline this time. Anybody who had been in Hiroshima and died within six months, whether they got run over by a bicycle or whatnot, would be credited to the atomic bomb. This is the guy saying, like, like, I did this. I said this, and I did this. And I, I don't have the numbers right on me, but the numbers were incredibly inflated by this guy. I think they got up to, like, 76,000 from mm. the low thousands at the very beginning. So, yeah, you guys remember uh, a little operation we had recently a couple years ago where that same sort of thing happened? Yeah, it was crazy. I wonder if the guy, this guy, if this guy said when he was, when he was doing the numbers, if he said, I am the science. <laughs> the science is settled. No, the science is in. Of science. The science is in. in. Yeah. The science atomic bomb in. killed all these people who um, were. Uh, and you guys, speaking of numbers, well, we, Skull, hang on. You guys, speaking of numbers, do you guys remember the other doctor, the Japanese doctor, that treated between two and 3,000 patients in one day? Wow. You guys remember hearing about this numbers. guy? I think he's related to one of the architects of the 1850s here in the United States. Uh, right. The, <laughs> I was going to say I thought he worked at like Chick Fil A on a Saturday. I just I can't I can't believe that the government would inflate numbers on deaths by picking deaths that weren't even related to the cause that they proclaim. You don't like, think I, that's I a don't thing? Even, 
I feel like that's happened recently. I just so much has happened. I can't quite remember. They've been where doing it. They've been doing occurred. it since the beginning of time. Since the, every, I'm pretty sure every number that they they want to, whenever they throw a number in your face, you can guarantee it's exaggerated. It wasn't six million. No, COVID deaths. Yeah, something, something, gas chambers, something, something. Right. Well, you know, you Cookies know what's funny ovens. is is Israel is still actually really upset about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They're really, really mad because not because of what happened, but because the survivors of these quote atomic bombings are silencing their cries about the Holocaust mm. because they're still dealing with the effects of these bombings. Oh God. What are they dealing with? Because um, as far as I know, there has never been a time when life was not present in Hiroshima or Nagasaki, whether it was animal uh, flora, fauna, you know, human, whatever. There was never a time when all life was eliminated from there, which, which, which was supposed to happen. You know, there was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. Um, Marvin the Martian. He's trying to blow up the trying to blow up the earth. Uh, but there was life. There was plants. There was always there was always animal life around Hiroshima and Nagasaki. There was never a time when it was completely irradiated, like we were told. You know, we were we were we were promised much irradiation and all kinds of uh you know deformations and um genetic mutations. We got none of that. The trolleys were running in Hiroshima three days after the bombing. Three days after that, yes. Damn, those are some nice trolleys. I mean, yeah. they must have been fascist because the trolleys ran on time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the Germans. That's right. It's because of the Italians. What are you talking about? Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Mussolini had the trains running on time. Did he? Yes. That, he that, just didn't have his own The only things on that time. ran on time in Italy was, was the trains in his mouth. I heard they also ran on pasta. They did. That they did. Actually, Mussolini's train was running on time. It was Mussolini that was a little bit behind. Yes. That's why he got nabbed. <laughs> well, he was always married. To, didn't he marry like six Jewish women? No, that was Stalin. No, huh? that was that was Stalin. Who Mussolini was too. Jewish himself. Mussolini too. Mussolini, Mussolini had something to do with a bunch of Jewish women. Yeah, but... Yeah, Mussolini is not one. If you're gonna try and defend fascism as like a, a no, no, a there's white no good. There's not really any good ones. I, mean, I thought we were talking about nukes. Yeah, let's get back to nukes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick nuke, Mussolini. No. But okay. Yeah. So. Oh, say, when I get off topic for a second. Yeah, but these okay. trains all famous right. for running on time. Right. So. Right. Right. So now, um, the, the trains in the trains in Hiroshima were running three days after the supposed bombing. Um, which was supposed to have irradiated everything to a point where hundreds and thousands of years, you know, half-life, these half-lives, those half-lives of these things are so important. Um, the half-life of the radiation was like, what, a thousand years, right? So th there should not be any, you know, people should not be living there now, but there is. It's a thriving city. Both of them are thriving cities. Yeah, I mean, can confirm having been there many times, and the there's a fishing industry there, a thriving fishing industry. There are two large rivers that run through Hiroshima. They're prominent features of the city. You can see fishing boats in them all the time. Um, although the city center of Hiroshima is very packed and it's full of urban housing, on the outskirts of Hiroshima, there are many farms, and the farms supply the city with much of the produce and food that it, uh, it eats. Much of Japanese produce is not imported. It's actually grown locally. And you'll, like, if you go to a store, 
you'll get whatever was grown in your prefecture and all that food and produce is perfectly healthy and mm. there are no genetic mutations and there are a group of people they're kind of like the Sandy Hook parents or the Sandy Hook uh, Internet Defense Force who run around talking about how terrible things are and how they have leukemia and they've been suffering from the bomb. But strangely, they're all still alive Weird. to complain about Weird. all of this. They're like 90 hmm. and uh, managed to survive this long. They're kind of like Holocaust survivors. Like, yeah, wow, I was gonna say, they sound like the Holocaust survivors. They're actually in Tel Aviv every year. Well, they sound, <laughs> so, they sound like the Holocaust survivors. Really- and they also sound a lot like the radium girls. Yes. So another thing that's really interesting about the Nagasaki and Hiroshima explosions is here in the United States, one of the biggest copes that we had to use atomic weapons on another country is that if we hadn't, if we hadn't nuked both those cities, millions and millions and millions and millions more people would have died as we tried to um, do a land war by by you know like because I don't because the, the the battle of Okinawa was so messed up they were like we can't do that we can't do that on mainland Japan so we have to drop both of these nuclear bombs and end everything immediately but yeah. if it was just fire bombs which is what we've been doing the whole time for months and months and months. Prematurely, or were they in on it? I mean, most would have been... So most hot brass, if not all, would have been in on it, and they knew what they were doing. We were already winning by firebombing every single major city that we could, right? Without even a land invasion. Um, the media however, was severely limited down to a couple of people, right? As far, especially we, as far as Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, goes. yeah. It was one photographer, one journalist. Like, and the journalist... I think we sunk their last oil refinery, too. So they were, they were, they were going to run out of... They, we, they were going to run out of energy. We had, Wait, John, we had put Johnny, the, what was that? We had put, well, first we put an embargo on Japan to begin with to push them into the war to, to attack us. We, we attacked their energy. Right. We attacked their energy first, like a long time before all this. Yeah, and we, we sank their final refinery. That was like, oh, now what? Um, there was no way they were going to recover from that. Um, China, China was poised to invade them as right. well. Like communist China was yeah. ready to invade Japan. So they had to do something. Right. This is not so, something option that they had but the thing is is they had for some reason i mean you know like i said uh, was it nagasaki had already been firebombed three times before the alleged date of the of the atomic bomb you know and and hiroshima was was likely bombed you know in other bombing runs as well so um it was clearly just theater you know, and it was, and again, there was uh, when they went in afterwards. When the when the United States military went in afterwards, there was only one journalist allowed in, and he didn't even bring his camera. Okay, so and he was yeah. a, he was a crypto communist oh, as yeah. well. Which oh yeah, let's talk I mean, about him. Let's talk about him for a minute. So yeah. the one guy, the one guy who who went in there. Um, what's his name? His name's William L. Lawrence, but yes. his original name is Lieb Wolf Siu, who is a Lithuanian Jew who worked for 
get this, the New York Times, but not only the New York Times, he was also employed by the War Department at the same time. And it gets even better. He was the only reporter, the only one, who was present at the Trinity test, which was the first nuclear test, alleged, Mm. and the Nagasaki bombing. And it goes on. He was the only reporter further allowed to report on anything coming out of Japan after the atomic bombs went off. So they had one Jewish New York Times reporter who was the sole source of all information coming out of Japan immediately after the alleged dropping of the two atomic bombs. And on top of that, they passed an act called the Atomic Energy Act of 1946 in which any discussion of the secrets, quote-unquote, of the atomic bomb could be punishable by death in both Japan and the United States. So if you said the wrong thing, wow. like, yeah, you were subject to the death penalty. That's I don't know if they worse than that, ju- but they probably didn't have to. That's worse than what Ursula Haverbeck is, has has to put up with about the Holocaust. Yeah. So check this out real quick. So, so hold on. This this uh, Lieb Wolf Sue. He was born in, in a small city in Lithuania. Emigrated to the United States in 1905 after participating in the Russian Revolution. Huh? Huh? Uh, he was oh. part of the, yeah. He participated. Participated in the Russian They're Revolution. Sending their best. Yes. <laughs> so he changed his name, taking William after William Shakespeare, Leonard after Leonardo da Vinci, and Lawrence after a street he lived on in Roxbury, Massachusetts, but spelled with a U in reference to the Friedrich Schiller's Lara. Although he Sounds attended, like how some people get their porn name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. At, although, check this is this is this is great. Okay, so he immigrated here in 1905 after participating in the Russian Revolution. Um, where do where do you, where do you guys think he went to college? About the what? Where do you think he went to college? Just take a guess. Where do you think he went to college? Columbia. Oh, I'm I'm going to say Harvard. Yep, Harvard University. From 1908 to 1911, <laughs> and from 1914 to 1915. Compiled all coursework for his undergraduate degree. He then went to Columbia University. Hmm. Amazing. Oh, amazing man. how these these little broken down, the poor immigrants rise up to do these amazing things. You know, these little poor Jewish immigrants, they come to this country with nothing but their shoes and their bootstraps and a bag full of gold. And... Um, and they and they come and, and they get into it. They get into it. They they're bootstrapped their way into a university, and they become the only photographer, only journalist, to be at the Trinity testing out in Vegas. And then, well, and uh, I just want to point Hiroshima. I want to point to this out too. He participated in the Russian Revolution of 1905, 12 years before the October Revolution. Right. Twelve years before the successful revolution. Right. So he's a this loser. This is the one that got with. that got the czar. Uh, to agree to the Duma and, you know, some powers to be given up, right? But they still failed. So this is a loser. Right. So this, you know you know what this guy reminds me of? Oppenheimer's story. You guys know the Oppenheimer oh, story, Oh, my God. Right? His father, the Oppenheimer father, was like a poor, destitute Jew of some flavor, Ukrainian, Lithuanian, Russian, whatever. And they came over. Um, and you know they were just poor, and uh, Robert Oppenheimer and his brothers were just poor. And skip ahead, skip ahead. He bought a um, he bought a condominium in Manhattan, and was a physicist. Huh? 
And like, his, it's literally, that's the story. Like, you know, it starts off like they were poor immigrant Jews. Skip ahead, skip ahead. He bought a condominium. Like, wait a minute. How, how did this poor immigrant Jew get the money to move to fucking Manhattan and hang out with like the great Gatsby? You know? Yeah, and then Oppenheimer just suddenly ends up in Christ College in Cambridge. Right, right. There's all places. The stories. And dude. the historians who talk about the guy, they're like, he had an uncanny ability to change character and to fit into any sort of social situation. Oh my God. He never really understood who he was. He was almost like, well, they didn't say it, but sounds like a shapeshifter. Yeah, right. <laughs> Vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's got that I mean, they're all not to uh, phenotype, too. They're so good at shapeshifting, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Speaking uh, speaking of shapeshifting, the shapeshifters in FDR's administration convinced him to allow the Japanese to attack uh, for Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. creating the impetus for all of this. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and some of the if stories, we believe Pearl Harbor happened. And well, I I remember my grandfather saying something that I thought was controversial when I was ten years old, and that's FDR allowed Pearl Harbor to happen. And I, I thought that was insane. The first lie hop. You know, uh, yeah. And what what was what was interesting, I forgot which of the things we were listening to for prep, but this guy had accounts from uh, an ensign who was who was at Pearl Harbor and apparently they had they had locked away all the anti aircraft guns and and there was something about back pay uh, being held up for six months for um, for the, for the, the naval men there, I, what are they called? Sailors. Seamen. The sa- sailors. The service members. Yeah, yeah, but they they got all their back pay in one night, the night before the night before the attack. So they were all, <laughs> they're all hung over. That that sounds so, nothing like the Medal of Honor level that I played. Talk yeah. about all right. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything well, like that. Come on, doesn't sound anything like I've that Cuba Gooding Jr. That movie that I saw. Like movie, you guys are lying. I've seen. Yeah, I was gonna I say the Cuba Gooding fan, Jr. I that movie. Was a fantastic story. I, I the, has the told me otherwise. The back pay thing can be like clerically. I don't know. Like I guess through freedom of information, you could find out. Uh, if the back pay was being held for that long, like is is right? back pay is back pay guaranteed in the Bhagavad Gita? <laughs> no, no. We'll get to <laughs> that. that. We'll get to that, that a little bit. Is that guaranteed um, by Shiva? When did we stop? <laughs> I become back pay. My <laughs> I, I become back pay. Payer of bills. Yes. Payer of child support. <laughs> the dis- if it's the military, sobriety. <laughs> if it's military, you know there's like child support and way too high car payments. Oh boy. It's sad because it's I've true. I've back paying the destroyer of savings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I ate too many tamales the other day, and that was the destroyer of work bet, bathrooms. I'll bet it was. All right. All right. So what did we decide uh, on? I know Grognak had put a bunch of like um, nuclear-related metal in. I, I, I put a nuclear-related metal song in, too. You did, too. Which one was yours? Gamma Side. Um... That's the band. Okay, what is this hangable auto bulb? What about just off oh, Austrian death machine? That. I just learned that gamma rays don't even kill people, though. N- no, they don't. They're not. That's the whole thing. Is like if a gamma ray gets picked up by a Geiger counter, it's obviously there and it's not hurting you. I mean, yeah. it's also it's also it's, not turning you into ga- an incredible. Gamma gamma side walking plague it has like guys in hazmat suits trying to trying to bury uh, toxic waste. Most plagues are fake too. Fuck. 
You know, Johnny, you said this episode wasn't going to be like an angry episode, but I actually am angry because I've loved playing Stalker, Call of Pripyat, and uh, and uh, Metro 2033 for years. And now all those games are lies. I'm sorry. They're games. Dude, they're games. That's games right. are fake. I mean, no, hold on a second. Hang on a second. Entire... Hang on a second. I have, to, I, have to, I have something to say here. Hold on. Dude, dude, games are fake. Like, I don't understand. This is one thing I don't understand is how people that are into games as much as they are and as much as people are into games nowadays, it's it's a it's a bigger industry than Hollywood uh, video games are, and uh, the amount of fake reality that you have to immerse yourself in, and when when people that are into that kind of like illusion, they go into the quote real world and they see the fakery that tries to get put off as like as by NASA or or you know uh, these nuclear you know fakeries by the governments and and these people who are immersed in fakery all the time like buy this shit no problem. Well, especially when somebody who is involved with whatever said fantasy uh, fiction project says, I have family that was that was uh, uh, affected right. by such and such thing. Well, there's always that. Like, there's the Sandy Hook fake. parent. I knew the they Sandy Hook me. parent. I knew somebody who went to a – I knew somebody who went to a funeral. Okay, that's nice. Right. My uncle was responsible for manufacturing the Toynin signal fluid. On the Apollo Saturn V. <laughs> well, John, Johnny, if you think about it, when it comes to the when it comes to the video game stuff, Johnny, like you and you and I and Skull, we grew up with TV shows and movies. They were they were as immersive as an experience as you could possibly have for the limits of technology for brainwashing at that time. Sure. But people nowadays, uh, they have video games in which they create the character. And they go through virtual worlds for hours and hours and hours with their friends, mm-hmm. doing doing various things in the various virtual worlds where they're at, sitting sure. in front of their computer. So, like the the programming is even more effective because it's more immersive. The more immersive it gets, the easier it is to program. Well, I yeah, but the thing is, is the stuff that they're showing in what's quote reality is like faker than a lot of the stuff they see in the well, now- game world. Yeah, and now now the whole gimmick is because they're you know Stalker and and Metro and those games they most of them were based on prior IPs that came out in the nineties, um, you know that weren't translated to English, and then now you get a there's a spiritual successor okay to Stalker coming out where it's supposed to be the future. Right, it's supposed to be 10, 15 years from now. So this is now what's going to happen because of what's happening today. They're connecting it to what's going on right now. So they they can play off of literally any kind of propaganda to immerse you in this whatever it is. Um, in this case, nuclear holocaust. I love how they always use the term nuclear holocaust. Well, they have to. Um, and, and when actually, well, it's, it's if it were real. If it were real, that's that's, it would be the def- textbook definition of what a Holocaust actually is. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. If, if it were real. Right. right, right. Um, hang on. Hang on. Um, we're going to take that break, and we're going to listen to Gamma Side, Walking Plague. And uh, we have a lot more stuff to talk about when we get back. But, but just trust us, nukes are fake.
right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. We're still talking about nukes. We're going to jump right back into it. We were, we, were, we were talking about stuff during the break. Didn't know we were on break. So we're going to try and rewind and redo that. Where, where did you guys leave off? Where do we want to start back up at? With that middle, you want me to hit the Fukushima stuff? So yeah, hit the. Can... We'll do. Um, we'll do some more J- Japan stuff, and like you know, how you know it's fake and gay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, I talked earlier about how Hiroshima and Nagasaki are just these thriving metropolises, even though in the game Fallout, you know, it's supposed to be like hundreds of years of rad scorpions and clicking Geiger counters and storms and shit like that. It's nothing of the sort, except for Bikini Atoll, but we can talk about that later. Um, but one of my big red pills in this subject itself was, uh, I started hearing, oh yeah, nukes are fake, nuclear meltdowns are like some sort of, uh, other kind of operation. They're not nearly as dangerous as they say. And so I started looking into it and I made the logical conclusion. I was like, well, if that's true, then what happened in Fukushima should have rendered real estate prices, uh, basically worthless. And I should be able to pick up some really cheap real estate there just based on the PSYOP, and if I'm confident enough that I can move my family there and not get sick, I could buy, like, some giant farm and just uh, be kind of independently wealthy and have this massive piece of land and just not worry about it, and everybody else would be afraid to come and visit me and stuff. But other than that, it would be kind of cool. Because property values plummeted because it was so irradiated and it was just so terrible well, you, would right? think, you would think you right. would think right? like logically that's what would happen because right. you're you don't live right next to some fucking fallout nightmare scenario and the news stories used to do all these uh, articles i re- even remember back when i was still on facebook like people were sending me like what do you think about this and there was like pictures of the nuclear radiation that was supposedly leaking all into the ocean and it was like this big thing and they were like is it going to reach the coasts of california and shit like that and i was just like no, nah, I don't think so. But now I really know. It's like, okay, no, uh, because it's not even dangerous. But I was like, okay, but people believe it is. So the real estate prices should be extremely low. So I get on the internet and I start looking up real estate prices in Fukushima and they're exactly the same as every other real estate price anywhere else in Japan. And that was the moment where I was just like, okay, yeah, this is all completely fake. And like, weirdly, people, even the people who live there must sort of at some base level understand like no no it's fine and there in even here there were all these articles about like guys who were like nah i'm not leaving i've been here my whole life i'm just gonna stay here and they're like these old dudes and stuff and it's like oh that's what happened with chernobyl too they were just like yeah you know what and it's also an uh, an interesting thing to me with all the guys that were like, no, no, they're going to Waco you. you. You can't just do that. They're going to clear everybody out from all the rural areas and force you into the FEMA camps. And it's like, well, no, because they do these massive operations. Like Chernobyl was Soviet Russia. You would think like if anybody was going to come in and strong arm people, it would have been that government. And they didn't. They just let those people stay there. Same thing happened in Fukushima. Like even as obedient as Japanese people are to the like the the group consensus or whatever, like those people were just like, yeah, you know what? I don't think so. I've lived here my whole life and my whole, my family's, um, you know, generations of my family have lived here. I think I'm just going to stay despite what I hear about the nuclear propaganda. Well, guess what? Like, you know, you just don't hear any stories about that anymore. And you don't hear about like Fukushima being dangerous to go to. There are even uh, vacation advertisements now for visiting Fukushima. So there's like a tourist board push 
to get people to go over there. It's oh hilarious, actually. So and nobody it, has any cognitive dissonance about it. What, but what? But everybody in in Seattle is afraid of eating the tuna, though, because Fukushima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, even I was like, oh, geez, that milk is from uh, like northern Japan, so I won't buy that milk. And and then later, oh, yeah, you were like, doing the oh. bet. You were you you were you were putting the pizza box in the oven after spraying it down with Lysol. <laughs> it didn't go that far, Johnny. Johnny, I can tell you with absolute certainty, nobody cares about eating the fish out of the Pacific Ocean because it came from Fukushima because they're all too freaking high. Well, that's true. That's true. But you know <laughs> like, what I mean, though. I'm, like, not, they I'm were not. I'm not doing a boomer meme. Like they are all destroying themselves so yeah, no it's bad out there the west coast is the west coast is like literally eating itself bad it's terrible exactly they, they don't have to eat the fish they're literally eating each other <laughs> right there's there's probably prion diseases everywhere all right it's, well, it's disgusting. so um you know what's funny if all the water pollution from fukushima was supposed to be so bad but there was a lake source between nagasaki and hiroshima that went right into the ocean too wasn't there? And yeah, yeah, there no was issue. rivers. Nagasaki's Nagasaki's a port city, right? Yeah, Nagasaki and Hiroshima are both port cities. They're both port cities. Well, okay, so would... they both have access. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah all the water, obviously, right? And all, well, all the water like, uh, around. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, by, by the way, real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, ah. The 2011-311 event that caused Fukushima was a 9/11 event. Just saying. Well, that's another thing that all these, every single one of these events, whether it's Fukushima, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, um, they all have some sort of encoding, some the numerical yep. encoding. It's, whether yep. it's nine eleven or an eleven or a thirteen or a lot of elevens. Yep. There's a lot of six six, a lot of sixty sixes. There were sixty six bombers that did one. Uh, there was uh, a five and a six. Uh, a lot of stuff happened on June fifth. Stuff happened on, you know, on just a lot of 11s and 13s and stuff. But so I thought 11 was so, supposed to be an angel number. It's watching over me. No, 11 is supposed to be <laughs> well, the most evil number. Yeah, so that's why I tried telling boomer women. Mm. So everybody's favorite retired stand-up comedian, Bill Hicks, I mean Alex Jones, uh, he used to do a feature from time to time talking about how the washed-up remains the radioactive washed up remains from Fukushima were washing up on our West coast and oh, how yeah. that was going to be a huge problem. Yeah. The dead radiated fish. are going to wash up. Uh, yeah. And, and just, and just debris. Mm, all the, yes, all the radiated ah. stuff, the flotsam and jetsam from the explosion. The videos from the Fukushima disaster of the tsunami were absolutely terrifying. Seeing people, who were not able to escape the the waves and stuff like that? That that stuff was that stuff was horrific. Yeah, the tsunami was very fucked up. It was insane, and and there was some apps. I mean, that shit was real. That that was woof. Do you think Man, that was harp? Was, thank you again, harp. I was gonna say yeah. Well, yeah thank I you, harp. Very was, cool. But I mean, it was a nine on the Richter scale. Wow. It just happened to hit Fukushima perfectly and uh, do the thing that it wanted to do. It happened on this perfect 3-11-2011 date. I mean, there were so many things about it that were like, oh, I see. They're doing a thing. They're doing a bit. Well, all you have to do for Tsunami is basically take a, a uh, magnetic rod and shove it down into the the bottom of the ocean enough to create a uh, a ripple that's all you have to do 
it's created a ripple in the crust of the earth. Well, there's government documents that are that detail like earthquake weapons. So exactly, yeah, yeah. it's uh, all a tsunami is, is is seismic activity with water. It's seismic yeah. activity underneath the water and the water reacting to the yeah to the. Post- and it's absolutely waves. horrific. Mm-hmm. Post the uh, post tsunami where they were rebuilding and everything, it always entertained me. The people that were you know, talking about how resilient the Japanese people were and how they were all helping each other and why can't we be like that here? And it's like, huh, I don't know. Disrupted <laughs> disrupted ethnically homogeneous high trust society don't work. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I wonder I always had the uh, idea too, well after I figured out that three eleven was a nine eleven type operation, that it was a partially failed operation as to what they wanted because i think they wanted a lot more chaos and there really was like everybody just came together and helped everybody there were actually safes like um because of the tsunami there were like safes people's like entire life savings and stuff they were washing up and people were like hauling them to the police stations to make sure that they got back to the owners and things instead of just you know taking them and trying to break into them at their own house or anything like that and all the people came together and were like like going to Fukushima to rebuild. Like no, I'm not talking about just sending money. I'm talking like people were giving up like mm-hmm. two weeks of their time at a time to just go there and build and do stuff. And it was really um, pretty amazing. And I think that the the controllers in my opinion, I don't have any like hard evidence for this, but I think that they wanted a lot more chaos and they did not get it with that. Well, I think the Japanese people aren't aren't, aren't affected by um, the chaos feature of the system as much as Americans are. Yeah, well, that may, I think it's, that uh, may be a that may be a product of Hi- the Hiroshima Nagasaki propaganda, too. So, and I hate to take away from that at all, but it, it could be. Mm. They do believe that they were they they were hit by two atomic bombs. Oh yeah, definitely. They're they're. Their artistic and creative output since that event is always something. It, there, there's always some humongous disaster event, mm-hmm. like it, you know everything from Akira to Godzilla. You know, just just all of these all, all of these things of theirs. It, there's always some city wiping out event that changes the face of of everything in the plot line. Right, there's some mass extinction it's event, huge, huge cataclysm that happens. Yeah, it's it's their version of of uh, their Holocaust, which was well, and Hiroshima I- and Nagasaki. But the, the other thing is, is why only Hiroshima and Nagasaki? I mean, that's what the propaganda w- that was drilled into them afterwards. They could have picked any one of any of those nine major cities, you know, and made them because they were they all could the have same. Picked, they could have picked any of them. They could have picked the entire island of Hokkaido. Right. What? <laughs> what was? What was? I can't remember what came up was why, why they decided to do like what the conspiracy was why they decided Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But I mean, because like I said, oh, they I were know. firebombing the shit out of Japan, like literally millions and millions and millions of gallons of gasoline. Well, the standard line is that there were multiple targets and that they like didn't know which one they were going to do until that day. And the, there was too much cloud cover. They were actually going to hit one of the. No, I get that. No, like, no, that's not what I'm saying is like, what was like the re, like, you know, these the controllers could have picked any of the cities of Japan to say they bombed. You know, why did they say it was those two cities? 
Um, Johnny, it was. They said they chose it because it had not been targeted during the U.S. Air Force's conventional you're, bombing raids. Uh, no, I get you're missing my point. Is what I'm saying. Like, why? Why do you think they 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 decided to pick those two cities of all the ones? Like, because I said, like none of them, none of them were actually done anything but firebombs. You know, why At did they? One of them. Why did they use those two cities Christian to frame the narrative? Work. I'm saying, why did they Say use again. those two? Why did they use those two cities to frame the narrative? Reinhardt, say it again. One of those cities was the center of Christian missionary work in Japan and had been for hundreds of years. Now, I say Christian with quotes because it was Jesuit, Mm. purely Jesuit, uh, and and also Templar. But, um, yeah, that, that had, I believe it was Nagasaki, correct? Yeah, that's Nagasaki. Yes. Nagasaki was the center of Portuguese and, and, quote, Christian influence for hundreds of years. Oh, and don't forget that uh, the Jesuit priest was the only eyewitness that they, you know, from from the from the church, right? He gave that, that speech where he didn't remember much. He's a lot of ums. A lot of yeah, ums. Yeah, he just happened to be he, – he just happened to be in the only building that was – protected from the blast of the atomic radiation. And then he was able to see everything, mm-hmm. even though the blast, you know, should have blinded him and or incinerated him basically. But he saw some stuff, but then he forgot the other stuff. But uh, his, his, uh, he's one of the worst crisis actors ever. Oh, he's terrible. Oh my God. Dude, Harley guy. Almost. I mean, I think Harley guy is standard, right? Is Harley guy the, the benchmark? Harley guy had Har- his down like Harley guy knew yeah. his line. Harley guy's the benchmark. I think Harley guy's crisis wait, is we, benchmark. Wait, literally, are we forgetting failure due to the high temperatures? Yeah, <laughs> are we forgetting the uh, the Zeppelin guy, the Hindenburg guy? I mean, the Hindenburg guy just because of the jump cut makes it terrible. Yeah, the jump. I mean, what a jump cut that is. Yeah, right. Here comes the, here comes the Hindenburg. It's coming in nice and slowly. And, oh my lord, it's burning! It's burning! Oh, the humanity! Oh, like literally, like holy. He literally goes from it's like from a golf game, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a golf game to Phil. like an NFL Super Bowl. Right, Phil Mickelson for birdie. It's like it's like all quiet, and it's like the, the Hindenburg's coming in, and then all of a sudden, from it, it, it's completely engulfed in flames. Oh, speaking of completely engulfing in flames and quickly, um, one of the reasons why uh, I always kind of thought was funny, like you guys ever blow stuff up? You ever blow up M80s or you know fireworks? You guys have all done that, all, right? Oh, all the time, right? Especially yes. ant, especially ant mounds. Have you ever blown up anything really big? You know, like really big. Uh, it still uh, blows up. Giant wasp nest. Right, but it still blows up at the same speed. I neither confirm nor deny that no. I. Right. Know. It still blows up at the same speed as a small explosion, right? So, like, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen bombs go off. I've seen, you know, um, explosions. I've, I've seen big fireworks. Um, why the hell do nuclear blasts take 10 minutes? Hmm. You know, why does an explosion, why does an explosion take like a minute and a half to occur? These things are supposed to be instantaneous. Like it should be just like, boom, and everything is vaporized. Boom. Not, not this big, slow, long mushroom cloud that you can see from the distance. Just, oh no, everybody get down. No. I think no. because it was probably 
the same scientists who created the rockets that NASA uses that really slowly take off into the air as well. Right. Because I have always, like, I had an Apollo rocket. I had, you know, the one, the five stage one where you put the, you have the, all, all the stages have their own parachute and whatever. And they take off really quick, just, and they're gone. Yep. You know? No slow buildup or nothing. They have to build up the pressure between the, the rocket and the ground or whatever the hell the rocket is doing. No, you push the yeah. button and boom, it's gone. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you bring up that that example, the toy rocket. They, The scientists who work these things out, they know full well how to adapt the propulsion systems to the weight of what they're pushing. They know how to do this. So these things do not take off at – they don't take 30 seconds to happen. Just like a nuclear bomb wouldn't take 30 seconds for a mushroom cloud to rise right. up and right. everything pop out. And you can't outrun it like you can the the uh, the – what is it? The Dome of Death in Fortnite. The storm. You can't do that. The storm. The storm, right. Make it into the dome. <laughs> into the dome. Into I'm the sorry. dome, out of the storm, yes. Um, that just doesn't happen. Nope. It doesn't happen. It's explosions are instantaneous. Okay. That's how these things happen. Uh, the stuff with nukes for some reason takes a while. And the, if you watch the uh, footage of the Beirut thing, that explosion that happened a little while back, Mm -hmm. uh, what we're told is ammonium nitrate. It was supposedly like this big bank of ammonium, which it probably was of ammonium nitrate in this storage facility. That thing was, oh, and it made a mushroom cloud too. That thing just went, it was just an extremely fast explosion. It was absolutely instantaneous. You're watching it, and then all of a sudden the camera just goes, and the camera shakes, interestingly, uh, from the people who are even further away from the uh, blast than the photos that we see of all the houses and the trees and Mm -hmm. those tests of the nuclear weapons that were shown. Where the uh, the explosion happens from behind the camera somehow, and the camera doesn't even shake. Right. And they have this all super of, zoom lens, and the, the film isn't affected by the nuclear radiation whatsoever. I guess they had the same Hasselblad cameras that they brought to the moon. Chest mounted. The bikini atoll. The bikini atoll footage uh, really freaks me out because it's how close would the cameraman have to be in order to film those gigantic blasts that should have irradiated and killed them. And shouldn't the film be completely demolished by if you the radiation take, coming off of those explosions? Yeah, if you take a camera anywhere near an X-ray machine and you pull the trigger, you know, you push the button, and it's going to make a really terrible exposure. So I don't know what kind of film these people are using to well, take these pictures, these videos, and these camera mounts, man. Good Lord, what kind of a gimbal do they have these cameras on back in the 1940s? Right. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, Bikini Atoll. That's that's actually where the the show SpongeBob is is based, actually. So, there's your answer right there. Is we've got all these nuclear tests that have created these that have irradiated these sea creatures that were able to have the technology to put these cameras out. All they had to do is pop them up above mm. the water and then pull them down real quick. So Bikini Bottom is Bikini Atoll. Hmm. I'm actually I'm actually not kidding. That was that was. Admitted by the creator, Stephen Hillenberg actually said that. Stephen Stephen Hillenberg actually said that right. he based the entire right. area off of Bikini Atoll, where, and his words, where they had all those nuclear tests. Okay. So his insinuation was that they had created this world through nuclear testing. Ah. 
Interesting. Interesting. Is there a you weird go to Bikini revelation Atoll of the today? method fact? No, you cannot go to Bikini Atoll today. It is the only one of these test sites because you can go to the Vegas test site, you know, which is odd because it was only 65 miles outside of Vegas. And, from, and they blew up how many bombs outside oh, of Vegas? Oh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, right? I mean, they used to have the watch parties, right? When you, you could you could go to the outskirts of Vegas, and and um, these people would have would have uh, nuclear explosion watch parties, like like people in sunglasses on. Yeah, you put sunglasses yeah, you would get on. trashed and bang your mistress while an atomic bomb was going yeah, off. Yeah, Saturday nights yeah. are you know Fridays are for the wife, Saturdays are for the gumad. Yeah, you go out. Yeah, you watch the. Uh, you watch the explosions, <laughs> yeah. Then you uh, and then, and you go to you go to the club, and all the girls at the club, the go-go dancers, are all wearing mushroom cloud bikinis, and they're all wearing mushroom cloud hairdos, you know, because much like the Roswell community, there is an entire tourist industry around this propaganda, you know. And yet, um, toll you it, can't get anywhere near they had to move right. all of the inhabitants off of the island they had right. all of these nightmarish diseases that were a result of the fallout from the radiation mm, that it's still obviously wouldn't have been too much further away than the white sands new mexico stuff was from the Las the city of las vegas 65 miles per away or or for that matter hiroshima and nagasaki which are thriving metropolises right now right, right. now that makes any so, sense but bikini at all for some reason you can't visit so um, in the Nevada test site, there was 1,021 uh, detonated altogether. And uh, interestingly enough, 828 of them were underground. Oh, they blew them up underground. Mm. Yeah, so they have a dump. Oh, they did. Yeah. So, well, they had a dump. right there. They had. They probably blew it up. Had. Very, very, very off, uh, not, not off topic entirely, but... Everybody knows that John Wayne died of cancer, correct? Yes, Marion. Uh, what was his last name? I forgot. I forgot his actual name. Yeah. But he, the the story goes that he contracted cancer from all the time he spent re, uh, filming his best movie, Genghis Khan, because that that area was so close to the testing sites for uh, the atomic bombs. Hmm. That he that he, he, that he contracted the cancer there from yeah. all the radiation. If he had no. died in 2020, it would have been from COVID. Right, right. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. So, like, basically, they even they they even managed to tie away for you know the greatest Western actor yep. of all time to a uh, uh, dying of cancer. They managed to tie that into nuke. Propaganda. Right. Meanwhile, the half life of this nuclear radiation, we're told, is literally hundreds and hundreds of years, and it should be present in the soil, in the air, and in the ground. Oh, and the, the sand should be glass too. But that's know, well, that's the I thing is like the whoa, bikini atoll should be whoa. just a big shiny, shiny glass yeah. glass island. And oh, I mean, that would that would be admitting though that glass has anything to do with silicon. Well, right. Sand, glass, uh, silicon, uh, you know. Well, we know that's that that's where glass comes from. I got to run for the night, guys. Like, y'all uh, have a great night. Thank you all. All right. Oh, you're not See you, buddy. So, um, it was Marion Morrison, by the way, is John Wayne. Morrison. Marion Marian Robert Morrison. Hmm. Any relation to... Um, to Jim Morrison? To, um, no, I was going to say... God damn it. I was going to say the other name. and I, oh, Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, um, 
I'm still like I'm still I still find it funny that all these 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 people that are involved with this narrative. It's always we're talking about how compartmentalized everything is. It's just one guy. It's literally one guy. It's one doctor. It's one priest. It's one journalist. Yeah. But how hey, would so many people would have to be in on it? Yeah. Right. But a hundred thousand people. Rush Limbaugh and speaking of Rush Limbaugh and Jim Morrison. Look out! Look out, Mountain. Oh yeah, look out, Mountain. Yeah. That's that's a little bit of a skip ahead, but yeah. Um, look out, Mountain, and uh, what was the lab- name of the laboratory? Um, not Los Alamos. That was that was where the the, the nukes were made. Um, shoot! It was look out, Mountain. It's in your notes. There, skull. Look out, Mountain equals something. Yeah, I I. I I had only written down Lookout Mountain, and I wrote that it equals Laurel Canyon. Oh, Laurel Canyon, Lookout Mountain. Yeah, it's well, Lookout Mountain is, um, yeah, it's not the laboratory, but the 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 whatever the laboratory is up there. That yeah, I don't the, remember the laboratory. the government facility. Um, that's the same facility where they manufactured all the hippie stuff for Laurel Canyon. Like it literally is. That's where Disney. That's where Disney has their film studio. You know, um, yep. Lookout Mountain Studios, like all this stuff's all tied together. You know, Disney was involved with this. You know, you know Walt Disney was involved with this. Um, what do you guys? Uh, so, with the special effects, because Disney was Disney was like Mister Special Effects and Mister Models. You know, and all these, a lot of these films of these explosions of these um, these nuclear or atomic devices. They all a lot, not all. Let me take that back. A lot of them look like they're done with like model sets. What do you think? Of, what do you think of that theory? Yeah, they should have got James Cameron to do them. He did a way better job. <laughs> so what? What always, what always messes with me is the film reel footage we see of the tests in Nevada show everything being blown away, blown away with the force of with the with with gale wind forces, right? You know, you, you could see it in your head, right? You could see all the all the stuff being. You could see that footage being everything being blown away. But when you look at Nagasaki and Hiroshima, there are concrete structures that are just standing there, and they're supposed to be towards the center of the explosion. Yep. Also, the the lie and the nonsense of people being turned into shadows. By being blasted into the, there, dude, uh, there's one where, the sides of walls. There's one where somebody's like, "Oh, this is the shadow of a lady who was sitting on the stairs, and here's a cart that a man that was nearby." Of course, they always they always know exactly what the shadow was, and exactly they even know it was a lady, like mm. not a not a man shadow or a man. It, it was a lady that was sitting on the stairs. She was knitting, uh, and there was a man. He was carrying a cart, and you could see the shadow. It's painted on the wall, and meanwhile, the wall is wood. <laughs> right. So wait a minute. What about the one? Oh, oh, this man was tattooed. The, the radiation tattooed him into a cow. Like he was, he was fused into the flesh of the side of this donkey. What? What? This is, these are Baron Eagle territory stories. Right. Uh, and you know what's funny? Speaking of the stories, um, all the eyewitness stories for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now they had uh, locally. I think they had like almost like a competition for kids to write stories about this, of what they remembered, right? 
Is, yeah. it, is that correct? Am I remembering that correctly? It was like almost, I don't know if it was like an actual competition or if it was just something that they had to do in school or whatever. But they wrote stories about this and all, all pretty much every single story about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, not a single one of them mentions the nuclear, you know, the big kaboom. They mention the fires and the burning and the fires and the flame tornadoes and the fires. Nobody mentions the, the giant flash of light Nobody mentions it. And, and also, most of their stories, no, nobody starts like in the morning. It's always like, you know, after the bombing started. Mm, that's yeah. Skull, isn't, yeah. there, isn't there a famous uh, art book of Japanese kids who survived Hiroshima? They put, Didn't they put out like a famous, a famous series of paintings that got turned into a, an art book? Do you know? Do, are you familiar I with what I'm talking about? specifically but i know that there's okay so in japan the nuclear bombs are the equivalent of the holocaust um to to the jews and they have two museums that are the same sort of somber like very gray very postmodernist, uh brutalist architecture type buildings and then when you go inside of them they're filled with these stories of horror and they're meant to traumatize and they even have um a like a tradition kind of where the kids go on a school trip and all sixth grade kids in japan there's just like this constant flow of sixth graders in japan um where they go and they visit one of these two holocaust museums to be indoctrinated into the religion of holo like you know nuclear holocaustianity basically and uh, this is why i could like basically never have a conversation with uh, this this conversation that we're having here with any Japanese person that I'm aware of, at least, because it'd be like talking to a Jew and saying, hey, you know, the Holocaust is completely fake, and like they're going to be like, no! But in these museums, there's just a catalog of, like, people walking around with their flesh dripping off of them, little kids that are, uh, you know, one eyeball's hanging out, and then there's the story of the Black Rain, which is the poisonous rain that came after, which was filled with the ash with nuclear radiation, and but none of these none of these effects, which are are horrific, yeah, you know, we're not downplaying the horrific loss of life. People definitely died in this, unlike but, the other Holocaust. Yes, right. right. But but uh, none of these are inconsistent with burning hot flames. Correct. No, none of, the, the none, of the deaths, now, none of the none of the none of the damage none of the depth depth none of the deaths none of the damage none of the anything that happened in in either of those cities is inconsistent with any of the firebombing that happened in the Netherlands in Germany in in England in or in any other city in Japan it's it's all exactly the same as a matter of fact like you said skull google has a hard time differentiating between the cities they 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 tend to show you the same picture for several of the cities so yeah, if you wanted to build like a holocaust museum uh, the nuclear sorry holocaust mm -hmm. museum in dresden i'm sure they already have their own holocaust museum if you wanted to build a nuclear holocaust museum in dresden and use the same sort of um pictures and photographic evidence and they even have like melted things that you can touch like melted glass bottles you can touch and stuff you could just do the same thing and it would be indistinguishable from the ones that they have in Hiroshima oh, yeah. and well the, the only thing that you wouldn't have is um the actual charred remains if you've seen the, you've seen the photographs and like hellstorm and whatever like the charred remains of humans that were just instantly incinerated yeah they were just turned into like charcoal like human sized right. charcoal yeah 
It's just what do we got? What do we got left on the docket? Well, for Japan, I mean, there's a lot left with nukes in general. Um, but let me see. Where are we at? Where are we at on the notes section? Well, just uh, we were. I mean, we were still talking about the um, videos and like so many of the videos. There's different footage of what should be the same explosion because they're ostensibly using the same bombs. Oh, right. And what it looks like is all these different kinds of special effects techniques. Like in some of the photographs, they use what looks like the sun, which is it's almost certainly a a footage of the sun overlaid with uh, smoke and increasing the exposure of the film so that it gets brighter and then decreasing the exposure so that it gets dim again. And then the the totally ridiculous ones like the house is exploding and the car is exploding and the trees moving that are like those that have all, a camera doesn't move at all. Those all look like they're models. Models, yeah, yeah I, I believe they are because I mean, just they they look really bad. Like once you start, it, it makes the Apollo footage look kind of realistic when you look at those things. Oh man, that's bad. That's that's really bad. So yeah. there's there, there's something to be said about the comparative nature of special effects over a period of time. Right. Right. Like I look at I look at this old footage and I'm like that just looks fake as shit to me. Well, it right? does. But uh, but then uh, when I thought it was fake as shit as a kid, right? Like I thought I thought I'm like I don't know if that mushroom cloud's real. Right? But at the same time, Jaws was partially convincing even though I knew it wasn't a Well, shark. you want to know why Jaws was convincing? Why? Cuz it's in color and the soundtrack. Ah. Uh. Mm. The soundtrack uh. is the soundtrack. No, the soundtrack is is fifty percent of Jaws. Yeah, I that kind of. I, I kind of remember my reaction as a kid in kindergarten when somebody told me uh, that Ultraman was fighting a guy in a monster suit. <laughs> I, I was okay. pretty. I was uh, yeah. I wasn't happy about that. Mm. Trauma does a lot to convince and oh, to yeah. make you do away with any sort of skepticism you have, especially well, when it's, it's paired with social shame for doubting the narrative. Right. And You'll believe a lot. It's why when they put out like these uh, memorabilia issues of like the New Yorker or whatever, special issues, right? Where it's like, you know, the, the Hiroshima Nagasaki and they show all the horrific pictures, right? You're going to skip yeah. those pages a lot quicker. So you're not going to really read what's on those pages. Because you don't really right. want to look at those pictures, so you're not going to really read that. That you're not going to really read that issue too much, and so and they, the they get away with a lot. That, uh, yeah, and the benefit that this narrative has is that people actually did suffer horrible deaths and maiming oh, yeah. and you know, melted skin and all that shit. So you can immediately go, "What? You don't believe that these people suffered and died?" It's like, no, I believe they did. It just wasn't from the narrative that right. It was just from fire that can blow up the was, world. Right. It was just literally from creating hell on earth. Literally, right. Literally dumping tons of gasoline, like millions. These are like um, the B twenty nine. That one video where the guy goes over all the different bombers that went to all the different cities, and how many bombs these bomb these. Um, they had the ultralight, the B twenty nine Bs or whatever they were that could hold. Uh, they were lighter. They got rid of a lot of the other gunnery. So they could uh, so they could carry more bombs. They carried like thousands of bombs. Thousands, this is thousands of gallons of gasoline with a yeah, little. It was some, it was some yeah. kind of proto napalm. They said it was like jellied in some 
Right, right but it was so but it was it basically stick. just jello, like a jello version of gasoline. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we were dumping on these cities that were a lot of them were still a good percentage wood and paper. So there's still a lot of Japan that's like all wood houses with um, just the tile, clay tile roofs that back then it was almost all of it, except for government buildings and mm. sort of like historical or important buildings. Everything else was just wooden paper and mm. glass. Yeah, except for the, the weird Tartarian buildings. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, or whatever, or whatever, they, or whatever which, they are. One of which was the building that they left, that they placed at the epicenter of the oh, Hiroshima the bomb. Yeah, the dome. Which they left remaining. It was this domed building. Yeah, the dome. The chicken breast. It's the chicken the breast. Why is yeah. it the chicken breast? That's what it translates yeah, to. So they, yeah, so that was what, what, uh, what Crow said was that he was, uh, yeah. I, I need to look up the actual word for it. I didn't do my research on that part. I should have. Um, but he said that the dome itself or maybe the framing of the dome i'm not i wasn't quite sure what he meant but it was called the chicken breast which would have been the rooster which is a metaphor for mercury yep. which is one of the, co- the cockerel yeah the cockerel which is mercury is just so um Watch your symbolically mouth. significant with this thing and mary curie mercury, mercury like this whole mary curie yeah <laughs> It's there's so much symbolism oh, involved. Man. This alchemical bullshit that these guys put into these events. That mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I doubt that that was any. And that's one. That's the main icon when you go to Hiroshima. There's Peace Park, and uh, they've got a few of the buildings that are left remaining. But that's the main one, and it's on the main street. And you go and you can look. They actually had to restore it. I guess some of the. When you went originally, the dome had the frame, and then some of the pieces of concrete were still stuck to it. So it was like a 40% dome still. But I guess pieces were falling off and stuff, and so then you couldn't visit it for a couple of years because they were like restoring it. But then now it's just the framing of the dome. So it's not quite as uh, impressive as it was before because it had that fallout um, you know, building that's just remaining blasted look. Um, and it's still pretty impressive because it's like, rubble with burn marks on it and stuff but uh it's just interesting like that that was one of the buildings that that was the building that they chose as the epicenter of the hiroshima blast and then it's uh one of these domed tartarian buildings yeah another another thing i thought was interesting was how the number 88 appears a lot and 88 corresponds to radium which uh for short is raw like the egyptian uh the egyptian god and Some. also, and also, and and also, uh, the caduceus that Mercury holds, it has like the snakes make an eight, an eight eight. If yeah. you look, if you look at it a certain way, I I know I'm just drawing a lot of stuff together, but they 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 do like to tie a lot of the symbolism in with each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of symbolism and alchemical. Well, there's the alchemical trinity all throughout all of this. I have trouble keeping up with it. I'll be thoroughly honest. Like mm. I have to, I have to write some of that stuff down when people start tying all that stuff together because I, I just, there it's it's so it's so much and it's so pervasive. It it does get a little difficult to wrap your head around it. Yeah, I can see that. It's enough to notice it and then go, okay, I see they're doing a thing. And then once you know that they're doing a thing, you know the whole thing's fake. Right. Once you notice part of the thing. 
all that that just makes all of the thing fake. Yeah, it would do, like to, just to say for people who are like good people didn't listen to all the prep we listened to. 1933 was when they established, I think, that park or that area or something, that building, and they named it whatever they named it. And that was the year of the rooster. And then 12 years later was also the year of the rooster in 1945 when they brought it down. And then the dome itself was called the rooster, uh, the chicken breast or something like that. And then that was tied to Mercury. And the whole thing's tied to Mercury. And then the 88 also has to do with Mercury and blah, 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 blah. It's like these guys never fucking stop. It's so annoying. It really is. It's like they throw all this stuff out there and i mean are they are they fucking with the conspiracy theorists no they actually believe there is some power to what they're doing you know they do the things that they do whether it's this facade of you know real things because these aren't real things something's happening you know they're doing well and and that's the thing is this whole thing is a huge facade it's a huge media op the media and the military are part and parcel, like, at this point. I mean, yep. uh, Walt Disney put together the the latest ver- the latest couple versions of the um, battle stations for the guys that graduate boot camp in the Navy. You know what I mean? Yeah, so- Walt Disney is involved with this. There's the Laurel uh, Lookout Mountain, Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. connection. There's this William L. Lawrence a uh, Lithuanian Jew who works for the New York Times, but he's also hired by the War Department. And then they oh. put out a a thing where he was later, they were talking about taking his Pulitzer Prize away because he wrote a story saying that the radiation sickness actually didn't occur. And obviously, the, clearly the radiation sickness obviously definitely occurred. So he must have said that because he was working for the War Department. So there was a conflict of interest and he was propagandizing for the enemy. But that right. assumes that the U.S. would even give a fuck when they just incinerated like however many thousands of people and then coded that area with radiation for who knows how many many generations right there's that and then some radiation poisoning (laughs) they're not they're not worried about that man they dumped how many tons of gallons of poison on the jungles in vietnam like that's what's causing deformities out there is it literal toxins they're all port cities too like they would have been dumping all that radiation into the fucking ocean right and all yeah the fish there'd be no fish there'd be no fish for for thousands of years if any of this stuff if any of this stuff were true None of those places could be habitable, yep. you know. None of that. None of that stuff. But but the firebombing was definitely true. Um, yes. But then you had again. You have like you know the the Vegas testings, uh, which was called you know the the, the project was called the Manhattan Project. What was the one? What was the Chicago project? I remember listening to that to that Crow thing. He said something was the Chicago project. What was the Chicago project? It had something to do with. Something before the the Manhattan Project, but uh, but uh, the Manhattan Project was Oppenheimer and a whole bunch of other Jewish guys, like literally yep. everybody. All Jews. Literally like everybody Jews. on the Manhattan Project was Jews, um, yeah. and all the tests. You know, what was funny about the tests is what they would do is they would they would blow up the atomic test bomb. And then they would blow up how many ever kilotons of actual TNT to see what the comparison would be, right? So Yeah, so you're talking about the Trinity, the Trinity test. Yeah, so who who's to say they didn't just blow up the same amount of TNT twice? 
Well, there's even eyewitnesses that were saying that the, so they would take two groups of these majors and generals and the people who are really high up in the military. And they're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to demonstrate the power of our new uh, earth shattering weapon, the atomic bomb. So what you're watching, you're going to watch the actual atomic bomb, but we have another explosion over there. And the reason we're doing the other explosion is to measure how many kilotons this explosion is. But you're definitely, trust us, bro, watching the real one. And then the other side, they tell the same guys, okay, over there, we're stacking up all this TNT, but you guys are watching the real explosion. So just put on your sunglasses and sit back in your lawn chair and have a cocktail and enjoy. And then they're like, okay, well, these explosions that made a mushroom cloud, which any significantly large enough explosion is going to make, were totally the real atomic bomb that you just witnessed. And I, I guess you didn't get blasted by the, the the flash of light and the nuclear fallout that came later or anything like that. But like they were basically like there's footage of people stacking up the TNT saying like, yeah, yeah, we're doing this as a comparison. Mm hmm. I, I was always amused by the hoax of the neutron bomb. Now, now the neutron bomb was supposed to be different than the other uh, nuclear bombs because it was supposed to only get rid of uh, carbon-based life forms. Yeah. Kurt Vonnegut used to like <laughs> write about that. Right, you know, like, so basically, like, it, it, like know, it, everything living. Yeah, it was... Right. It's supposed it to just leave. get rid of everything living... And then infrastructure. you could go back to that place and you could start all over. Right. Nice, clean infrastructure. Yeah. They would but love they it. Banned it. Like they, that. they banned them. They, they, they were just, they were just too bad. Too, they were yeah. too, too bad. Too yes. bad. So they had to get yes. rid of that bad. and the hydrogen bomb. The hydrogen bomb. Oh, no, 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 no. We got, oh. no, that's just way too bad. Well, don't forget, you know? don't forget. Well, in the we, United we, States, the Russia was like, well, the United States, like, we have a, we have a, we have an atomic bomb. And they're like, well, now we have a nuclear bomb. And then Russia's like, well, we have nuclear bomb too. And the United States said, like, whoa, 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 we have a thermonuclear bomb. Ha ha ha. So I have a, I have a skeptic question. What's that? What, why, why all the missile silos? What'd they put in them? Uh, did they not have did they not have uh, ICBM missiles in the missile silos here I mean, in the United States? Did. They probably I did. Mean, they probably they they ICBMs probably ICBMs are real. Yeah, I mean they probably <laughs> wasted a whole bunch of money on all this conventional weapon stuff. I mean the the standard narrative about ICBMs is they go out of the Earth's atmosphere into orbit and then they re-enter. So we know that's not true. Right, they go. They just basically do what SpaceX rockets do. They go up and come back down. Right. So I mean, all right. I mean, it's I don't. A good I don't question what the fuck were those? Yeah. Things? What What were they? Yeah. I mean, were they? Yeah. And well, then there's the theory now that um, well, this is kind of not the same, but uh, that the the spent fuel and you know, like the the spent nuclear fuel. Or that they store it, you know, because nobody can go there because, you know, the radiation and whatever. That's actually, well, what a better way, what a better way to keep people out of your shit than to tell everybody that the stuff that you mess with is extremely dangerous to be even anywhere near. Yeah, there's that Stephen King novel, The Stand, which I really enjoyed when I was in junior high. And I read the, uh, the, uh, the unedited version, or not the unedited, the uncut version, uncensored version, the long one. The unabridged like version, page. yeah. Whatever the fuck it's called. The long version. And at the end of it, there's this guy called Trashcan Man, and he's an arsonist, like he's obsessed with fire. 
and he um, in the deserts of Nevada he finds this missile silo because everybody's been decimated by a plague, (laughs) and he gets a nuclear weapon and he like brings it back to the place where like there's two camps of people and one's the evil side and one's the good side or something. But he gets the nuclear weapon and he brings it back and he's like turning into the toxic Avenger as he brings it back. And my version even had like an illustrated, like a limited amount of illustrations. And he's got like his eyeball hanging out and all his skin's melting off. And he's like, I've got the weapon. And so like the programming about that kind of stuff was so deep. And then you think about it, it's like, how convenient is that? Like, if they want to hide free energy things or all the gold from Fort Knox that's no longer in Fort Knox or right. an underground facility where they can all live and, you know, well, think about this. children or whatever they do. Think about, like, how expensive is plutonium or uranium or whatever? You can't buy any. I can't buy no. any, right? But these people can and have a lot of it. And, like, they, what are they doing with it? Right? Was yeah. that worth something? Is it worth money? It's probably it's probably worth more than money, you would think. They're probably telling the truth about the half-life of the stuff. Like, it just <laughs> basically never runs out. It's just not dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, what about energy for I, thousands of years. I have another skeptic question. What's that? What about devices at various places like technological devices that have radioactive symbols on it are they not radioactive they have um they have parts on them that are probably you know have something like uranium or uh or a something you know a little bit of that on there like there's there's batteries for fire alarm stuff like you, you get exit signs that have the um they're called permanent batteries they're nuclear batteries and they have, I don't know, it's not uranium. It's something, cesium, I think. It's Americ, Americunium, actually. I think it's like, a, because we made fun of it because like it was America. I think it's called Americunium. And it like, it, it's technically radioactive, but there's such a small amount of it that it can't hurt you. Kind of, that's the theory. Or. Or. Or it, it just, just doesn't hurt you. It just doesn't hurt you. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't. <laughs> but be afraid. Right. Yeah, but be afraid. But don't open it up and try to figure out how it works. Because the, the little right. elves so inside we, will be as, upset. As we mentioned with the Geiger counter earlier, so the Geiger counter, it really freaks you out because it's got the clicks that get more rapid as you go along. Right. And that's, well, that's part of the whole fear porn part of aspect of all of this you know so what does it do it probably registers whatever gamma rays are but the, they don't they don't hurt you yeah it just puts out heat mm-hmm. just like the radium yeah it doesn't hurt you. unless you have like the whatever it is directly in your hand a big chunk of it and then it could just burn you and you just drop it and you go it, ow yeah this is hot you know, this is hot, right? And it's hot. You're not like you don't have cancer, or your hand like grows another finger, or anything like that, right? No, you're not going to turn it. You're not going to turn it into the Incredible Hulk. You know, right? Yeah, no, unfortunately, right, right. People are still not going to like you when you're angry, but you won't be giant. Sorry, bug gnats. Right. <laughs> oh man, another of your fantasies destroyed. Well, the by nukes. The well, nuked, nuked, nuked or fake. Uh, well. Dude, nukes don't have to be real. And again, 
this nullifies the Samson option. This also nullifies that whole theory of uh, so-and-so can just push the button. Oh, so it's, this guy's got the codes. Oh, my God. This this Alzheimer's patient with dementia has the nuclear codes. Oh, my God. Like, no. You know how we haven't been to the moon in 50 years? Mm-hmm. Nobody's detonated another nuke against another nation in 70. Right. Again, another one of the the one-two punch that sold American exceptionalism to two generations of Americans. Almost mm-hmm. three. Almost three. Never, I, mean, we got, I thought we got really close before 9-11. I thought we were going to have a nuclear conflict between the opposing countries of Pakistan and India over the Hindukush. Oh, man. Uh, that Man, how did land like that? Was, how that did was, that was prominent in the news cycle for three months okay. at least before before nine eleven so happened? How does two countries that have over two billion people in its population that live in absolute squalor? How does that same countries also have nuclear weapons? That just doesn't make any sense. Because uh, this the the evil storyline is is the the Jews gave it to him, man. The Jews gave them the right the the bomb. I know, but India they both got it. India, totally Pakistan, out. China. India, Pakistan, China, and North Korea. Those are the bad guys with the nukes. And then, well, the, now, the well, good now guys it's are just really North Korea. Like nobody even talks about how these other countries. Like uh, I don't think most. I mean, most people can't name what state they're in, but I don't think most people can name the supposed seven countries that have nukes. Well, it's just the United States, America, um, the United States, England, France, um, India, Pakistan, China. What? I'm not talking about nuclear power. I'm just talking about nuclear weapons. That's what I was doing. Israel's the wild card that allegedly has them but doesn't have them. Yeah, Israel's the wild card that. Yeah, they can't admit they have them, or we have to stop doing business with them, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But also, they need them because they're in such danger from all the countries around them. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird. Well, the Samson option is a whole other thing, but the fact that they have or don't have as a country, um, it's pretty amazing considering the fact that the Rosenbergs, you know, supposedly stole nuclear secrets. So, if nukes are fake, what 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 the Rosenbergs do? Nothing. They were actors. Okay, so just also, like Oppenheimer, just for, like Oppenheimer was an actor. Oppenheimer, man, what an act, right? For the last sixteen years, mm-hmm. they have been pushing in uh, red team media that Iran is about to get the nukes. They've been pushing it for longer than that, dude. They've been At pushing it since we were kids. Years, since we were been, kids, dude, it, Iran was getting nukes. And it hasn't happened yet. No, it's been more than 60. It's been like 30 years, dude. Well, that was part of the Iraq Weapons of Mass Destruction script as well. Mm -hmm. They just switched it to Iran. The axis of evil that they conveniently planned out decades ahead. Like, okay, we've done with Iraq. Yeah, we did the the thing with the Shah back in the 70s. And now all of a sudden, you know, the thing is, if, 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 (sighs) never mind. They're not real, so like we got to stop arguing. Like the, the, you know, the, any of these situations that they're talking about are real. Yeah, so the Rosenbergs okay. didn't is, steal anything. Like, like this is where people are like, I just the other day, um, somebody put a moon fucking moon landing meme, dude, and it was like, if the Apollo mission was fake, 
then 400,000 people will have to be in on the secret. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then my friend, God bless him, he was like, well, if that's the case, and if it really was fake, then how did we keep the secret from our avowed enemy, the Soviet Union? And it's like, because they're all fucking in on it. Because they've all been in on it since 1945 at the least. They're all oh, no. on the same fucking oh, team. No, That's no, why before that. Programs. That's before why they that. have nuclear programs. Before all that, go back and look at go back and look at like coat of arms and stuff and see how, how these families are all uh, the same family run by the same business. It goes back a lot further than 1945. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying it for the ease, ease of people. Oh yeah. I mean, for like, yeah, publicly, like the people, the people that are in charge now, right. Yeah. The people that are in charge now, they're, yeah, those are, that was 1945. That was when they completely took over, but okay. So all the new countries have space programs. Mm -hmm. Mm. Hmm. Weird. Weird. South Africa used to have nukes. Yeah. What happened to them? They gave them up. Didn't they, they? Yeah, they gave them up because they're, they're voluntarily. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess Mandela didn't trust himself. Yeah. <laughs> Israel yeah, took. Oh, we'll, we'll take care of these for you. Nukes. Israel is like, we'll take care of these for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a friend. I got. I got. I know a guy. You take care of this stuff. <laughs> take it off your hands. Maury, bring the truck around. <laughs> so d- does does North Korea have them or have or not? No. What was the official uh, thing? Like they've been they testing, have. they've been quote testing their their nuke capability for years. Well, they fire they fired the little dud missiles o- over the harbor and yeah. stuff like that to yeah. freak but everybody they did, out. Like, they did underground tests and like they detected the seismic activity, proving that they actually did have a weapon. They said they said. I mean, can anybody purchase an awful seismic? <laughs> can anybody purchase uh, the equipment to detect seismic activity, or well, is that they, like is that a proprietary technology that only uh, certain universities and government agencies have? No, I'm pretty sure that like there's like hobbyist level seismic stuff. If you're into that kind of stuff, you can probably get it from like a scientific catalog yourself. Like so if you lived if yeah. you lived in if you lived in California and you were a seismic hobbyist, would you pick up seismic activity from North Korea and you would know that it was from North Korea? No, you're not going to pick up like I don't I don't think you're gonna you're gonna be able to detect seismic activity like from say South California. Korea say that they detected. Yeah, South Korea. Like yeah, somebody somebody nearby would be able to, but you're not going to do it from California or or Oregon or Washington or whatever. So you, so you would have to take you would have to take the South Korean government or some university's word. Yes. Okay. I that see. Seismic yes. activity occurred. Yes. In North Korea. Yes. Correct. So there's no way to there's no way to pinpoint. No, Where there's no way to verify. It's all non-falsifiable. From. It's all very non-falsifiable. Everything is with this, always. It could just be an earthquake, and then they're like, oh, yeah, North Korea totally tested an underground weapon. Trust us, bro. Dennis mm-hmm. Rodman told me so. Oh, man. And they have earthquakes in Pakistan and shit all the time, right? So the, there's no way that that's underground testing there. Mm, well, like, sure. They, the rule, could be they can't do or. underground testing anymore unless it's like they're doing it illegally, like Kim Jong Un or which whichever one, whichever Kim Jong he is, 
is doing. So like it was a total big deal when he did it because you're not even supposed to test underground anymore. You're like not allowed to test nuclear weapons anymore, but you can have them or something. So, hmm. uh, so one of the one of the strange things about ordnance is the mother of all bombs, the Moab. And frequently on different military shows that discusses the the Moab, they refer to people who have seen it in action and they say it's like it's like a nuclear bomb. It's like an atomic bomb. It's so it's 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 so jarring and so destructive. Right. So but the thing is is they're they're utilizing the propaganda that nobody's ever seen. You know, they're comparing it to that thing that's media has scared you into into thinking is real. You know what I mean? Like it's like a nuclear bomb. Well, what's a nuclear bomb? Makes big bang. Right, it makes big bang. Boom, boom. Yeah, big boom boom. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. I mean all these things do, they just make big boom. You know, like yeah. I don't Yeah, I mean again. How are you going to test how big the boom boom was? Right, exactly. You have to take the the military's word for it when they, you know, like okay. even in the sixties, the people they pro they probably all thought they were watching, you know, obviously thought they were watching atomic bomb testing when they were out there and they're out there on their desert patios, you know, on their uh, their rooftop apartments, looking over the desert, watching the military blow stuff up sixty five miles away. You know, that, as much as they blew that up, Vegas Vegas should be like a wasteland completely. Yeah. It should look like Fallout New Vegas. Right. Right. And again, with, with more water. Lake Mead has less water now. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I don't I I don't want to understate for people that are a lot younger than us how much the nuclear propaganda was nonstop when when all three of us were kids here. Yes. You know, oh, yeah, like, like it was it was in everything. It was in it was in cartoons, it was in TV shows, it was in movies, it was in your toys. It was at school. You know what I there were signs really on the side of the road. School. Terminator. Remember Terminator? Oh yeah. Yeah, ter Terminator, the, the AI was gonna drop the nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. And then in Terminator well, two was grab the, the fence. If you look at the Fallout games, and all of the retro propaganda for nukes that's in the games, that wasn't that much different from the 1960s. No. And 50s. Nope. They've, they've literally had advertisements for bomb shelters and mm -hmm. duck and cover mm -hmm. jingles that they played on TV. And yeah, we played, characters. we played the thing earlier. I mean, that was something they played in school. You know, that, that was, that was, and I wonder how many times have you heard that guy's voice in these videos? I mean, then those type videos. How many times? It's that same exact voice. What if that's an AI that's actually doing that? Or what do you think it was one guy recorded all those videos? <laughs> but anyway, that's an, that's an aside. But um, yeah, you were getting it at school. You know, you were getting your duck and cover training at school. You had uh, your safe buildings that you knew where to find, you know, uh, your library, whatever uh, other buildings it was in your town. Um Bomb there shelters. Was, there were signs for that. Yeah, bomb shelters. People were building bomb like shelters. Backyard. Mm -hmm. Backyard bomb shelters. People were doing that stuff. Uh, everybody was afraid of the bomb, man. They were afraid, you know, like all the all the the movies of the time were a lot of nuclear scares. You know, then there was uh, what was it? China syndrome. 
was the yeah, one that was supposed came to be out, like literally to the day 12 months before the three mile island meltdown yes how coincidental and it was exactly the same script mm-hmm. and the meme was that the 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 uh, fissile material was going to melt through the earth and go all the way to china because the earth's a spinning ball <laughs> right it would melt all the way to the center when it got to the center the magnetic part of the core would because of its mag of its magnetism it would repel it away from it through to china so it would actually i used to try to dig holes in the yard to, to go to china, china. Yeah. like that's the same script that this movie used right <laughs> it took a wrong turn in albuquerque uh, man there's so much i mean there's there's so much other stuff you can take apart with this like all the num- numerology and all the um all the fakery, all the media fakery. I mean, everything that everybody got in the United States after, you know, the war was all, all you ever got was, you know, the newsreel. If you went to the movies, you know, you went to the movies once a week, maybe tops, right? Tops. You went to the movies once a week. Um, you what about uh, you caught the you caught the little news trailer at the beginning before your movie. And that was where they showed you, you know, all the stuff that was going on, you know? Today in the Pacific Theater, the boys, you know. And that was all you got. I like this when they're doing newsreels back then. I don't know why. Right, all right. The people. That was that was all you got to see. You didn't get to rewind it. You didn't get to pause it. Right. That was what you had to take in. There was no. Now, only now. There was only no now bombardment. We're in a period where. Right. Only, only now we're in a period where we can look look at those things critically. At the time, that was just. You didn't. You didn't dispute it. You didn't. People you, you trusted were just, the government. You were anxious for the movie. You were just like, "Oh, all right. Well, I feel better about the way things are going outside of my control because they just told me things are going better outside of my control." Right. You right. didn't like. They didn't even talk about things like propaganda and stuff like that. Those that was stuff you found out about later, and then uh, you still believed it because well, well, we're the good guys, you know. So well, as long as we're the good guys and we have all the bad all the bad stuff and we can vaporize the planet uh, at the push of a button, then mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. A- a- another, that's the thing. A- another aspect of that, another aspect of that was like the, the air quotes left leaning media or whatever. Right. The whole time growing up in the eighties, uh, Ronald Reagan was just so dangerous because mm. he had his, his finger. It his was finger on the, the button. red button. Right. Right. His finger on the, the button. Big red button. That oh, was no. never a big thing. Because, you know, Carter had the button. Ford had the button. Uh, who was before Ford? Nixon? Uh, 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 right? They all had Bush the button. Didn't wanna, Bush, Bush didn't want to hand over the nuclear football. Right. Yeah, right, right. What if he stays in office and keeps the nuclear football? He could do that. Keeps I remember the nuclear that was football. They got to. They yeah. they always have to tie it into sports ball to make it. You know, dumb it down for the dumb right. as dumb. Well, dude, maybe we are. Yeah, maybe it is. Every reset, we get dumber. Pretty much, you're probably right about it that. It does feel that way, man. Yeah. All right, listen, we we are about twenty minutes into uh, into a third hour, so let's wrap this one up for now. Um, we have a lot more. We can go on. We'll, we'll do a second episode uh, on this. For sure, but nukes are fake. If, just stop it. If you if you want to believe nukes are authentic and heterosexual, by all means, continue to. But guess what? You're never going to see one detonated in your lifetime. 
There's never going to be some secret nu- uh, suitcase nuke that's going to blow up Baltimore. Right. You know, none of, none, the none Samson of option doesn't is, really exist. None of that stuff happens. None of this crap has ever come to fruition. No, and here's and the other you, thing. Oh, go ahead. I'll just say the last thing I was going to say was uh, if you really think that nukes are real, then why did the fucking U.S. government tell you exactly how they work and how to build one and give all of the information out? And then they said that if you talked about it with the War Act of 1946, you could actually be put to death for it. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Meanwhile, they have secret weapons that are classified for 50 years that even after they declassify them, they have half the thing redacted. So you can't figure out what they're talking about. But with nukes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get in a you, you, you got to get the critical mass and you shoot it through a little bullet. It's just like right. a gun. Right. And then it just blows up. And then uh, it, it could have caused, a... caused all the air in the atmosphere to disappear. But we're going to do this because we got to beat the Nazis. Right. We are going to do this because Albert Einstein sent a or excuse me, signed a letter written by a Jewish physicist. That... Straight from the patent office he worked at. Yes. Right. <laughs> right out of the patent office. Um, in between all the headshots that were taken of him. Um, you ever notice that? Everything Albert Einstein's ever been in is a headshot. Oh, yeah, except for that the one except, photo of him it wearing... It looks like a women, woman leaning on a yeah, rock. Yeah, it's so gross. He's wearing women's shoes with yeah. his shaved legs. Yeah, that weird. That one's weird. I mean... Anyway, um... Yeah, and then all of a sudden we had to do this because otherwise our uh, you know military and political rival would be would have a step up. You know, we'd have to we have to we have to come up with a thing that could obliterate the entire population of Earth, just in case. You know, because we're the good guys, right? Because we're the good, quick, that's right. I forgot before we well, cut I mean, out because we know that we're the good guys because the good guys always win throughout history. The good guys have always won, and we are the good guys, so clearly we will win. Mm. That's how it works. Come on, guys. Saw it in a movie. Right. <laughs> Several movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Mutually assured retardation. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Skull, thanks for joining us again, man. Yes, sir. I've been looking forward to this one forever. Yeah. Uh, I think we stuck We stuck to it. We did it. I think we did it proper. Good, good intro to this. I think that if if people believe that nukes are real, then you can go and check into all the stuff that we talked about. Um, yep. You can you can listen to all the prep we listened to. You can look at the pictures. You can. I mean, they they've come out and they're like, yeah, that picture of the 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 mushroom cloud at Hiroshima is actually two pictures and they're superimposed. Yes, we. It's it's That's fake. Because, it's fake because we had to. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. You know, they come out and tell you that. And they just they just gloss right over it and nobody cares. You know, I mean It looks so real because it's fake. Yeah. Elon with his what a weird shaped upper torso that man has. What the fuck is going on with that guy? I don't know. This guy, man, guy, thing, whatever he is. Whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean the guy's not shaped like a human. It's no, like, he's starting fuck? to be like uh what was his name from Men in Black, the skin suit guy? Yeah. Or is skin suit starting to fall apart? I don't know what's going on with Elon. But anyways, we're going to get out of here. There will be a creepypasta following this. Uh, we will see you Tuesday live for the Nationalist Inquirer. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. On July 16th, 1945, the United States government executed Project Trinity. Project Trinity was the first nuclear weapons test in history.
taking place in the New Mexico desert. The military, specifically the army, was in charge of conducting this weapons test and ensuring they found a completely secluded location in order to do so. A place with virtually no inhabitants. What the army failed to do was to completely check each and every cave and ravine in that desolate wasteland. But we'll come back to that soon enough. Let me tell you a different story in order to set the proper mood. This is the story of what happens when things don't quite go according to plan. There are certain times in history when a baby is born different from the rest. Some are naturally more intelligent, some are more attractive, and some have differences that are not appealing. Extra fingers or toes, for example, the lack of an eye, a humpback, all of these things are often called mutations by the modern world. Back in the 1930s, the 40s, and 50s, mutants were the pariah of society. Parents would abandon them at churches. People would jeer and spit at them as they passed by. It was only in solitude or in groups of similar persons that they found peace. Communes began springing up in different parts of the country, all secluded parts of the country, such as deserts, underground cave systems, or small islands off the coast. These were the refugees for the outcasts of society. That all changed in 1945, though. Project Trinity was the starting point for a couple of significant things. Obviously, it was the trigger to the end of World War II and the massive arms race against the USSR during the Cold War. It was also the beginning of a massive genocide you may otherwise never have known about. Near the blast site of Trinity was a community of nearly 45 of these mutants. All of them were killed instantly by the destructive power unleashed in that first successful blast. In 1946, there were two more test fires on communes in the Marshall Islands. In 1951, another blast in the Pacific region caused severe radiation sickness and death to another large group of mutants. In 1952, Operation Ivy Mike killed over 150 mutants on another Pacific island. The final documented test detonation took place on March 1st, 1954. This blast, codenamed Castle Bravo, was the most detrimental of them all. After discovering that many mutants had moved back to the Marshall Islands, the government decided it was time to make their point final. They detonated a 15 megaton bomb in shallow water just off the island shore. Radioactive water vapor and bits of metal entered the atmosphere around the island and fell back onto its shores in a cascade. The death toll was nearly 220. Men, women, and children all suffering from radiation sickness. Many developed cancer and spent the rest of their short lives in excruciating pain. The lucky ones were killed by the falling bits of metal raining from the sky. What the government doesn't know 
is that some mutants, not many, but some of us, survived.